Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 374 of the world-famous Russell Talk Podcast. My name is DJ Big Sexy. Chris Rodell coming to you live from St. Louis. Hoss, how you doing, man? Oh, I can't I can't hear you. There we go. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Good. You ready for the holiday season? About as ready as I'm going to get. Uh, yeah, you know, and of course, throughout the holidays, everybody needs to uh, kind of check out our sponsors. Some of them may have something they can use for the holidays. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, it's time to bring on my co-host for the this evening, the one and only, the maestro, Jeremy Carp. Jeremy, how's it going today? Thank you, thank you. I'm doing good, guys. How are you all doing this evening? Oh, fantastic. It's been good to see you. I'm going to see you twice this week, so, so, so you're welcome. Well... Unfortunately, uh, I'll be out of town on the show. Oh, you're not coming. Oh, oh. Otherwise, I would be there. But I and I was getting excited. I was like, "Oh snap!" I mean, that's <laughs> much like... better than seeing Rodell twice in one week. Oh, yeah. The only thing better would be to see the snitch twice in one week. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I, I turned into Joe for I turned into Joe for a second. I was going to say, well, no, no, no. It, <laughs> so we... it would be. I w- I don't even really want to see the snitch twice in one year. So it's hard enough twice in one week. <laughs> so uh, we got we got a pretty darn good show here tonight. Um, but first yes, we got to take do. we, we got to take let's take care of some business though. Uh, we had a little bit of tragedy befall the wrestling industry this past week. We had a. WWE Hall of Famer Blackjack Lanza passed away, and just yesterday it was announced that Jimmy Rave passed away at the age of 39 from complications of his uh, surgeries that he had to remove his um, arm and both of his legs. So I think it would only be fitting right now that if we uh, take a moment, if anybody's wearing any kind of hat wear, please remove it as we uh, have a moment of silence for Blackjack Lanza and Jimmy Rave. Thank you. Very, very well. I mean, the whole Jimmy Rave situation, that's just, that's 39 years old is way too young. But unfortunately, it's such a common age in the wrestling world to go. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, yes. It, it, it really, it's, an, it's an unfortunate thing. Um, apparently, the, the reason why he lost his limbs is because he had some uh, demons that he couldn't, he couldn't tame. So, I mean... So, but we're going to uplift everybody for the sh- rest of the show. Uh, 
we got two great guests coming up tonight. Uh, the scholar, the big strong boy, Ethan Page, is going to oh, join I us. Can't wait. The, <laughs> is going to join us in the first hour, and in the second hour, we've got the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion. Lights out Adrian Surge as he gets ready for his big match this Saturday night at Concordia Turner's Hall against the Dynamo Pro D1 champion Camaro Jackson. So I know you're look I know you're looking forward to Ethan Page because uh he he's a big strong boy. <laughs> oh, he absolutely is. And I'm telling you, him and Adrian Surge, who we're gonna have on later, are just two of my absolute favorites. And you're going to probably hear that quite a bit tonight, but let me just tell you, you know, I can't wait to have them on. I can't wait to have both of them on. It's going to be one heck of a show tonight. Oh, we can't wait. So, uh, Hoss, do you want to put up those sponsors so we can run them down real quick? Uh, if you want to go ahead and run down the sponsors, you or Jeremy can run run them down. Uh, Big Hoss does it best. All right. Well, uh like I say, just be sure to check out our sponsors. You know, the, we couldn't be here without them. So we have Everything Combat, Ken Cade, Esports Bar Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter Dream Productions, Me Fiesta Rentals, Rathbun Engraving, where you can get your very own Wrestle Talk Podcast bar quality mug, just 20 bucks. If you're interested in one, just hit us up. You can get your name engraved on it, and uh, we'll be more than happy to hook you up with one. And, of course, the premier fantasy wrestling group, the FWWC. So be sure to check them out. You can go to our webpage, WrestleTalkPodcast.com, and they have a sponsor tab there. So be sure to check them out. And one of our sponsors actually made some big moves this past week. Um, Kincaid Arcade. They they got the uh, exclusive rights at the Hy-Vee Arena out there in the Kansas City area. They're going to provide a like an arcade lounge inside the actual arena. It's they're going to build an outside inside the arena at Hy-Vee Arena. So congratulations to Kincaid Arcade for uh, getting that done. So that that should be fun. That's an extra added attraction to go when you go to that arena. So our sponsors are doing big things. Oh, absolutely. There and you know, I have as I told you guys last night, I've had a lot of meetings with my team members at I seventy sports. And you know, one year closes, another one comes upon us, and we're looking forward to doing bigger and better things. Is it just me or has this year gone by really fast? I mean, is it is it is it really just me or has it gone by really fast? No, it's definitely I feel like after I feel like once fall kicked in, I feel like once Halloween happened. Mm-hmm. It was just whoosh, it just flew on by because it's literally December fourteenth right now when we're doing the show. I was gonna say we're like eleven days from eleven days from Christmas and oh um, my gosh. I, I, my, I'll admit <laughs> I haven't even done any Christmas shopping yet, so I, I don't have many to buy, but I still haven't done them yet. So and shopping for others is not easy, right? And it's probably too late to buy them on Amazon because of all the supply chain issues. So I'll probably have to actually go to actually go to a store and deal with Walmart people. I mean, oh no, <laughs> anywhere but anywhere but Walmart. No. <laughs> so, so I guess I guess one thing, more thing we have to do before we get it's a tradition. It's a tradition like no other. I think it's time for everyone. If you're wearing it, also if you're wearing any kind of hat, wear. We're going to honor our country. Oh, let's break oh. out the flags if you have one. Yeah, I'm gonna break out my little flag here as we honor the country with the singing of our national anthem. 
And just remember, we had to change the version we used because the version we were using was copyrighted. So we like everything else fun in this world. Stupid, stupid copyrights. So, but here we go. Here. Catastrophe. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, it sounds like a raccoon scratching oh. a chalkboard. Oh, I, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know if that's a better version or a worse version than the Carl. That Lewis. is, that is worse. That is one hundred and fifty percent worse. And then, and then afterwards, and then afterwards, if I remember the whole story from back when she spit and then she grabbed her crotch, I was just, yes. I, I just, I, I, I yeah, she, uh, I, I just. You know, we always said that Carl Lewis brought a tear to our eye, and I think I could actually see a tear in, in the Meister's eye during that version, you know? I, yeah, I, the there, well, was during Carl Lewis's, it always brought a tear to our eye because he really tried, and I felt so bad. When Roseanne's brings a tear to my eye, it's because I'm about to have a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> oh, I'm about to have an aneurysm. Oh, oh. But but no, oh. it's a, it's gonna no, oh, it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great show. I can already great lead tell. into the show, boys. Right. Oh yes. goodness! So whew. while we recover from that, I guess let's go ahead and get our first segment going. It's everyone's favorite or one of one of everyone's favorite segments. Let's we got a lot to talk about. I think here, uh, high spots. Uh, hit that intro music for high spots, Hoss. Mike check, Mike check. Before we start this, I would be remiss if we didn't uh, send a shout out to and send a prayer up to all the people affected by the uh, by the uh, tornadoes that happened over the weekend uh, that went through the several states, including Illinois and Edwardsville, which is close to which is close to our venue, the Dynamo Pro venue. We use the Sports Academy that so and then also how Kentucky is just absolutely decimated. So we we want to send a shout out uh, wrestlers that live in Kentucky, like uh, Ricochet posted that his family is fine and the real deal, Derek Neal, he's home getting everything set up. So it's, I, mean, those, I just, just want to send a shout out to all those people. I, I know Jeremy probably says, thinks the same thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, those storms, I remember driving home uh, 70 West and, you know, you couldn't even see the lanes on the highway. You just had to have your flashers, your brights. I mean, 
and, and this, sirens and, were going off everywhere. It, and they said they said one of those the one of those tornadoes actually traveled through like four states and was on the ground for like two hundred and seventy plus miles. Yeah, so. it was on two. It was like a record for four consecutive hours. It was on the ground because most tornadoes, you know, half hour if not less, usually they're on the ground. But this one stayed on the ground for about four hours. Went through four different states. Some of this whole system um, actually drew. Two twin tornadoes. Mm-hmm. So you'd have one tornado, and then literally right next to it's another one because it was just awful. You know, prayers go out to those in Edwardsville at the Amazon warehouse collapse. Um, those who at the destruction of the candle factory um, yeah. in Mayfield, Kentucky. That, it, it ta- that, town is, that town of Mayfield is decimated. I mean, I've seen pictures. Those of- defiance, Missouri, and I pray for all of them. It's just all around horrible. Ugh. Yeah, so let's let's get into some high let's get let's get into some high spots. So first, uh, the probably the biggest story I would say this past week is um, obviously the uh, Ring of Honor final battle. Uh, mm-hmm. It came Saturday, uh, I believe it was in was it in Baltimore, somewhere up on the East Coast. I can't remember where it was, but uh, Jonathan yeah, it Gresham. Was in Baltimore, age, it was in Baltimore at the. Um, Chesapeake Employees Insurance Arena. So well, they, they had a little problem leading up into it that a bandito came down testing positive for COVID nineteen. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they had to change the main event because it was supposed to be Bandito versus Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor title. They changed it to um, AEW allowed J- Jay Lethal to perform at the show. So it ended up being Jay Lethal versus Jonathan Gresham with Jonathan Gresham winning. But I guess the biggest story is, is Jeremy, I want your opinion. Was a ring of honors final battle that happened. Is that their final battle? Are they, what? No. What do you, what do you think? I don't think it is. I really don't. And I totally understand why people think it is. I mean, this pandemic, if your name wasn't WWE or All Elite Wrestling or New Japan Pro Wrestling, you really took a hit because of this pandemic. You know, Chris, you and I know firsthand what a pandemic does to a wrestling promotion. Right. Um, we basically, basically, we stopped. Basically, wrestling kind of stopped unless you were having, unless you had some place that you could go and tape. Empty show, empty arena shows to keep your name out there. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of indie companies right. that, that haven't. The there's a lot. Is, of, I, you know, Ring of Honor's final battle was a great show. Yeah, I mean, right, I mean, and 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 let's not forget Impact Wrestling as well. Impact Wrestling's hanging in there, and they're doing a great job as well. But with Ring of Honor, it's been around since 2002. I think it was a perfect send off. For this era, that, that the show was built as the end of an era. Do I think this era is over? Yeah, I have no problem saying that because it's a special kind of era for <laughs> Ring of Honor. I remember the Saturday nights; I'd stay up late. You know, sometimes I'd go over with my friends and we'd watch it on ABC Thirty. We would watch Ring of Honor. You know, back when the Briscoe Brothers and even when Brian Danielson was over there, um, Silas Young, Jay Lethal, Michael Elgin—I mean, you name them. And mm-hmm. even Scarlett Bardot, I remember going to the shows in Collinsville, Illinois. Scarlett Bardot was the ring announcer, ring announcer there, and hyping us all up. So overall, it was a great way to send off this era. But I don't think it was their way of saying goodbye. I think it was more so their way of saying "see you later." 
Yeah, they're because they're 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 planning on coming back, I believe, in April of 2022 yes. with a Supercard of Honor. So we will right. see. So they plan on coming back. It's just a matter of and they're not how up. and what styles, you know. Right, and they're not helped out by their owners, who Sinclair Broadcasting Group, who you know they pay their Sinclair Broadcasting Group is hurting and hurting for money. Um, <laughs> uh, they didn't do well with with that. Buying the Fox Sports affiliate, the local, all the local affiliates, the Fox Sports affiliates. Uh, you know, it's a no, they it, didn't. It was yeah. a terrible, and and then and then changing it to Bally's, uh, kind of hasn't paid off as the way they wanted it to. So, um, we can only hope because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of talented wrestlers there. Um, as, as you can see, FTR showed up at the end of the Briscoe Brothers match, so. We'll probably see maybe a match or two. Adam Scherr showed up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Hoss, what's your opinion on the Ring of Honor? Oh, I, I definitely believe that they are going to be back. I, I don't think that this is farewell for them. Um, I, I believe that when they come back, they are going to be stronger than ever. And uh, I look forward to seeing the product when they come back. You know, I did get to... Uh, go to ring of honor show live and uh you know not this last one of course but there there was one i went to live and it, it was an awesome show then and i just look forward to seeing them come back better than ever yeah i i completely agree we um you know ring of honor's you know, with all the tribute videos, uh, it seemed like AEW went out of their way to let their wrestlers like Danielson and Punk and the Bucks and all the and Adam Cole, all the ones that wrestled in there. Um, were you disappointed in the fact that the WWE didn't let people like Kevin Owens or Samoa Joe submit videos for the ending of Ring of Honor? Or is that just typical? That is... You know what? I this is my thing about WWE. I feel like I feel like it's just more of a business as usual type thing. I'm not gonna say it comes off as assholeish. I think it's just how they operate their business. Keep in mind, all all elite wrestling has broken down that forbidden door that we've talked about constantly. To where they work with New Japan, they work with Impact, they work with Ring of Honor. You know, MLW, we, they bring, you know, guys from promotions like Dynamo Pro, you know, and, you know, into onto um, like Rampage and stuff of that nature um, or Dark and Dark Elevation. WWE does not do that. And that's just how they do business. Um, while I wish Kevin Owens would have been there. Because Kevin Owens was definitely one of the biggest stars in Ring of Honor's history. I understand it. I don't like it, but I understand it. And there, there is a difference. Right. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, go ahead. I, go think ahead I think it's typical of Vince. Vince just seems to have this mentality that, you know, these are my toys and I will not share. Um. It's kind of like he also has kind of wallop and wallop and doesn't doesn't think he needs to recognize anybody else outside of outside of his company. You know, yeah, I'm not so sure it's he doesn't <laughs> feel he needs to recognize them, or is it that he's scared to let them 
crossover because he's scared that they're going to take the talent from him. I mean, well, yeah. I'm, Ring of I, Honor's not going to be taking any talent anytime soon. So I'll just tell you that. <laughs> so, so, um, so I guess the next story we need to talk about is the two contracts coming up in the WWE. Uh, this past week was the last week for uh, Johnny Gargano and uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and they were both kind of written off of NXT, not in your normal way. They didn't get the fancy send-off that, you know, that some people get whenever they go to the main roster. We all remember Sasha Banks uh, getting the the, the uh, locker room out on the stage and the flowers after when she was getting ready to go up to the main roster uh, and stuff like that. They kind of were taken off, you know, to maybe build in storylines, you know, for their return. Uh, I know Johnny Gargano's got a kid on the way, so he might he might take that time off to, you know, take care of Candace and uh, adjust to fatherhood. But uh, Kyle O'Reilly, um, so where boys, where do you think where do you think Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano are going to end up? You know, this is the thing. So with Gargano, I'm not sure. I almost consider I consider him and Tommaso Ciampa Mr. NXTs. It's like a 1A, 1B type thing. It's hard for me to pick between both of them. As far as with Gargano, you know, you talked about the send-offs that other NXT stars have gotten in the past. I feel like the reason WWE did not do that type of send-off is based on the catastrophe that this year has been when it comes to releases. I mean, how exactly would it look? for WWE to just do big tributes for Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny, Gingar- or Johnny Gargano. And then think of all of the wrestlers they've released this year from NXT and the main roster. And just, just like that, they've been, they were gone. It's not exact. I mean, obviously it's all business, but at the same time, you know, it would really give a bad look to WWE for, how they would go about a bunch of other firings or releases as opposed to others or so, contract expirations. So I feel like it may not. Now, does it rule out the possibility either will come back? No, but at the moment, I don't think either will be in the WWE again anytime soon. So do you think Kyle O'Reilly, I mean, they AEW has a big show this this coming up with winter is coming last year. That was where stigmate is. That was where stigmate is debut. I, I don't think Johnny Gargano is going to show up tomorrow night, but does Kyle no. O'Reilly? Does Kyle? Does Kyle O'Reilly? I think O'Reilly, show up? I think O'Reilly will um, because because they don't have a no compete because they're they let their their con they just didn't have their contracts renewed their contract is over so they don't have yeah. they don't have the ninety day no compete clause that everybody else has to sit through. Um, and you know, hang on, yeah, I was going to say keep that comment there. I want to point down at that and say, absolutely right. He is absolutely right on that. They have just completely butchered NXT 2.0. I mean, it, it, I feel like the NXT that was just a competition was more impressive than this NXT, and that's saying something. Like, and that's, that's, something that's that really me. saying that's really saying something because Titus O'Neil fell over a trash can. So. Right. So um, I'm just saying. I rough cut Rick Ruby hit the nail on the head on that one, but yeah, I think Kyle Riley will show up. Gargano's just probably going to take quite a bit of time off, like you said. Candace has a kid on the way, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Family always comes first, 
But, but and... you know, guys. Oh, sorry, not to cut no, you off. No, go Maestro. go ahead, Hoss. I was of my point. We actually have a uh, a fan who would like to weigh in and uh, join us for a little bit here. Awesome. So let's go ahead and bring him in. He's been here before. Let's bring on our man, Sonny Money Mayo. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, oh. uh, the the penny penny banners number one fan. <laughs> Yo, and every everybody Cam else out there. Fan. Everybody else out there, if you would like to join in, hit me up, let me know. I'll shoot you a link, and you can join us just like our man Sonny Mayo here. What's what's on your mind, Sonny? Hey, gentlemen, thank you very much for having me on tonight. I've been enjoying the show so far. I've been listening to you guys uh, with the Ring of Honor talk and Gargano and O'Reilly. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to jump right in here with you guys and kind of keep it going on Gargano and, and O'Reilly. So I, I'll throw a little bit of a different take on that. Um I'm probably one of the fans that's going to put his hand up and say that I don't want to see either one of those guys in AEW. Uh, not to say that I wouldn't want to see them make an appearance because, you know, uh, they've been teasing it. Adam Cole's been teasing it on the other side. Sure, make an appearance. But I – and I believe I've said this on Russell Talk before. I don't want AEW to become, you know, the WCW of back in the day. That you yeah. get released and everybody runs over there. And now here we are. We've got so many people on a roster. I don't want to see them get lost in the shuffle. You know what I mean? I mean, from the time that AEW started until now, how many stars have they made and faded out? You know, it's not a lot, but there's definitely some people that we could mention. None off the top of my head, but I know there's some people there. Um, I would like to see them make a move maybe into Major League Wrestling or NWA, you know? I think I would like to see another company step up besides All Elite Wrestling to say, hey, this is another company we can go and make money at, whether it is NWA or MLW or New Japan. You know what I mean? The wrestling scene is blowing up so much right now that I would just like for it to be other options instead of automatically saying, oh, they're going to AEW. So... So yeah, that's my take on O'Reilly and 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 Gargano there. I I can't I can't I can't uh, say no to that. I mean, I could I could easily see Kyle O'Reilly fitting perfectly into Impact Wrestling too as well. You know, yep. I mean, I mean, if Ring of Honor didn't shut down, Kyle O'Reilly would definitely fit into the Ring of Honor Ring of Honor camp. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's like. So, so Sonny, what's your opinion on Ring of Honor? We, we, I know we already covered it, but what's your opinion? Do you it was there was final battle their final battle, or do you agree? Do you what? What do you think? Well, me being originally from Philadelphia, I've got to attend um, oh about eight Ring of Honor shows. Not as many as I wanted to. Um, I was more of a CZW guy back in the early two thousands. Um, and just a little side note here. And you guys already mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast, but rest in peace to Jimmy Rave. I was a major, major, major Jimmy Rave fan. I got to see him perform live a lot, uh, mainly CZW, but other independents in the Philly and Jersey area. So rest in peace to him. I had to get that one off my chest. That one kind of really hit me hard as a wrestling fan yesterday. Um, but as far as Ring of Honor, um, no, I don't think it's their final ba battle. It's going to be really interesting. Um if the reports are true, what they're going to be coming out in April and looking like, I, I hope it's not a big rebrand or anything like that. I like their presentation. I like their um, 
their overall product. It was just they were in a crap deal with Sinclair. And it almost is reminiscent of ECW just being in the hole. Like ECW was in a great position of what they presented as a wrestling <clears> company, <throat> but they just didn't have the money. You know what I mean? And, you know, here's a take for you guys. Ring of Honor, to me, is more Philly and more wrestling-based than ECW ever will be. They were around a lot longer. They produced a lot more stars. Uh, even in them early Ring of Honor days with CM Punk and Danielson and AJ and C Christopher Daniels and all that, I, I feel like Ring of Honor almost doesn't get its enough respect. As it wasn't a top company, but for the stuff that they did do, I almost feel like it's almost a little bit underrated in the overall of a wrestling world. So, someone used to always call Ring of Honor the top independent wrestling company in the world. In the, in, Absolutely. In, in, I mean, they, they never considered Ring of Honor one of the top for national promotions, I mean, no. but I mean, I they didn't really need to be. They 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 you know they they were able to you know they had Punk and Joe go sixty minutes sixty minutes and then add time right. onto it. So I think they believe that I believe that match went like seventy something minutes if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yep. Daniel American Dragon Dan, Brian Danielson came from just all the all the all the stars they made. You know, um, I just. I, I don't know. I mean, do you feel MLW is a is is a indie an indie company, or do you, you think they're a national? Do you think they're like on the nationals? It, 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 it's a little bit in the middle there, Rodell. It's a it's a little bit in the middle. So hardcore wrestling fans like us, I think we would consider it somewhat of a big company. Uh, they do have names that have appeared on national TV uh, from the older generation, newer generation, so on and so forth. Um, I am a major fan of Major League Wrestling. I would like to see them uh, maybe get just that one one step higher into the national coverage. And I'm just dying for that. And not to go back here on the all-elite talk, but again, I just don't want everybody who gets released from WWE to be automatically there in AEW. Let's see Major League Wrestling step up. Let's see Ring of Honor come back in with somebody who's going to uh, have some money to back them and become a company like that. Uh, going into 2022, pro wrestling is thriving, I would say, more than ever. And WWE is just keeps falling down the ladder there. So now is the prime opportunity for a company like Major League Wrestling to step up and say, hey, you know, we, we are the minor leagues of AEW, but we're going to get that national exposure. Come check out our shows. We're going to run an arena that's going to hold three or 4,000 people instead of a hall that's running three or 400 people. So... Um, I, I also, also, go ahead. Also, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, oh no, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toes there. NWA, NWA. Do they get hurt by not having like a TV, like a mainstream TV con contract, and do. and only thing that they have is the uh, is the uh, uh, YouTube show at M M or uh, NWA Power every week? Do they? Do you think NWA needs a TV? Over the air TV deal, like on some channel. I mean, I, I don't know what channel you would put them on. I mean, you right. pick, pick a channel. There's 400 of them out there. So right, yeah. and, and and honestly, not just with NWA, but now it's just like I think wrestling's becoming more more about streaming services. You know what I mean? What I would like to see is let's see some let's see a wrestling company throw a wild card and get put on Netflix or Hulu. Ooh. Or something Ooh. along them lines, because everybody says TV deals, yeah. But uh, of us four guys here on this show right now, I know I'll speak for myself. I don't have any type of 
TV, direct TV or anything like that. I think we're, you know, going into 2022, everything is a streaming service. So let's see one of these wrestling companies hook up with the Netflix or Hulu or something along them lines. And I think that would, that would help NWA. That would help major league wrestling. You know what I mean? So Jeremy, what's your thoughts on that, bro? I heard you starting to say something a little bit about that. What's your thoughts on that maestro? Well, you know, I was hearing you talking about um, MLW when you were talking about all this and I was about to do a little promotional plug for it, and what the hell I've gotten at this point, I might as well say it. They are having an MWL event on January 21st, 2022 in Dallas, and mm-hmm. the daughter of the late great Terry Gordy, we all know her quite well, Miranda Gordy, is going to be competing against uh, ROH Women's Champion Roxy at the Blood and Thunder event. So huge props to her. Um, one talented wrestler, I've seen her at AEW Rampage before, you know, just a hell of an athlete, hard worker. And, you know, she wrestled, she wrestled, uh, Malia Hosaka at the, uh, end of, at the, uh, SICW event at the, um, that had yes, Trevor Murdoch and, yep. and, and Roxy is probably, is the, is, is like not even 20 years old yet. And she's, she's the ring of honor champion. So she's got yeah. star and all over. So that's, that's oh, going to yeah. be, a, that's going to be a good match because Miranda, Miranda Gordy can go. Yeah, so I'm proud of both of them, you know, so kick ass out there, Miranda. Um, And and to continue off your point about the televisions and streaming deals, we are definitely in that era where basic cable television is becoming passe. It's becoming the way of old. You know, for me, I got YouTube TV, so I still get to watch like Raw, SmackDown, when Ring of Honor was on TV, Ring of Honor, AEW, that stuff. Um, I can get access to NWA Power, but I feel like just because it's not on the basic cable platform, having it strictly on something like YouTube will limit your audience. So I agree. Expand out there. Lucha Underground was um, on Netflix. Yep. I think that's the prime example of a wrestling promotion. And, you know, I think it goes without saying how many people in the world can view Netflix and how many people it reaches, yep. you know. Um, and I loved the vi- the video style, the cinematography of Lucha Underground because it was yep. wrestling. It was a pro wrestling show, but just the way the cameras were pro- – like the angles and everything were shot, it just – it made it look like a TV series, you know. So I – no, I agree wholeheartedly. I think the NWA has a great talent pool, and they have great leadership. Billy Corgan wants this to be more than a one-trick pony. He wants to really revitalize what the NWA is all about. I think the first step for them would be definitely to get out from just that YouTube uh, phase and expand mm-hmm. themselves. And Mm -hmm. in MLW, in 2022, I think it is the sky the limit. The sky is the limit for MLW because we've been hearing more about them in the past year and a half in positive ways than we have about most major promotions. And Jacob Jacob Fatu is probably one of the most athletic big men you're good. I mean, he kind of – he kind of reminds me of like a Vader type thing, you know, being so athletic and even a Keith Lee being so big and athletic. So, but uh, yeah. Sonny, 
Sonny, it was great, great talk. I love your mask. I really do. I love. I'm Jeremy probably doesn't love your mask because he's he's a brown. That's fan, okay. So. Oh, but, I don't but, mind it. It's uh, nice. But I actually, I love that mask. I you you it looks like you had. Did you you had that custom made or? Actually, um, I forget where I got this one from, but I also have another Chiefs. Uh, Lucha mask that's authentic from Mexico. A good friend of mine uh, went down to Mexico on vacation and brought it up for me because he knows how much of a wrestling fan I am. But um, and, and I'm about to jump off here and let you guys keep going. And I can't wait for Adrian Surge. That's going to be a great interview coming up here shortly. Are, are you um, heading, are you are you heading to Journey Pro this weekend? Are you gonna? Are you I gonna am heading to Journey Pro. Journey Pro. I, Journey Pro. Journey Pro. I, love, I can't I, wait. I love the name of their show. Jeremy, you'll love this too. It's Journey Pro presents uh, Die Hard 2 is also a Christmas movie. Yep. That's the <laughs> name, that is the name of their show. Yep. Um, they went and, on and, Facebook. They went on Facebook Live um, and they did their match announcement oh last week. Gosh. They are having a six-man scramble and they uh, are taking a vote on what the name of the match should be. I voted that it should be called the Hans Gruber Scramble. Um <laughs> But I was told that Hans Gruber nor Nakatomi Plaza wasn't in Die Hard 2, so we got to kind of stick with the theme there. But, yeah, shout-out to DJ Stewart. Shout-out to Hartzell Gray. Shout-out to everybody involved over there with Journey Pro. Me and the Night Owl will be down there, downtown Kansas City, Blimp Roasters, 7 p.m. this Friday coming up. Journey Pro, uh, Die Hard 2 is also a Christmas movie, the name of the show. So we'll be – Russell and, Talk will be full, full effect have- out there. And they have they have the last two posters that they put out. That thanks that Thanksgiving poster for their Thanksgiving show was yeah. absolutely amazing. I can't I don't remember the name of it off the top, but it was absolutely an amazing. It was Thanks Killing. Thanks Killing. Yeah, and it was a great show. Uh, they do it inside a coffee shop, and it's a real intimate setting instead of your usual arena or whatever. But I mean, a twenty by twenty foot ring in there, and it was a great show. The place was loud. It was ruckus. It was more adult oriented. So I definitely didn't take the little money mayos with me to that one. And I'm not going to this Friday. But hey, before I jump off of here, guys, thank you so much again for having me on. I want to say it one more time. Rest in peace to Jimmy Rave. Teenage teenage money mayo still marking out for him. He was a wizard in the ring. Great matches with Punk Daniels, everybody on that East Coast scene. Um, and I can't wait for Adrian Surge. That's going to be a good interview coming up. Um, One last time, gentlemen. Thank you so so much for having me on. I'll be listening the rest of the way, Sonny. If we, if I don't get a chance to talk to you beforehand, you have a great holiday. Uh, you as keep, well, man. Keep yourself yeah. keep yourself out of trouble. So, uh, absolutely. That's, that is uh, Sonny Money Mayo from the great city of Kansas City, home of the the Chiefs. So uh, I know they're getting ready for their playoff run. So, Sonny, thanks for coming on. Um, I believe we have our guest backstage. Yep, Jeremy, yes, you want to go ahead and uh, bring on our first hour guest? Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> this is going to be great, ladies and gentlemen. He is relatively new in the professional wrestling circuit, but he is extremely talented. And let me tell you something, folks, he is one of the smartest guys you will ever meet. He's relocated to the St. Louis area, originally wrestled in the southern United States. He's trained with ACH. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce a dear friend of mine, a dear competitor, and one hell of a guy, the big strong boy, Ethan Price. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets right, but you gotta have to make it. 
nice, up, nice. Ethan? You got the, you got <laughs> very nice. You got the the music and everything. That was cool. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. No problem. But how are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm just chilling with the cat. Oh, chilling, awesome. having a good chill night. See, see, a cat person. That's what I love to hear. I got a cat. Um, so <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask the first question here is. How are you feeling after your match a couple weeks ago against the Mike Outlaw? I guess Mike Outlaw, uh, he hits hard. <laughs> He's a big, big <laughs> boy. He's a very big, thick boy. But um, I was really excited to get to step in the ring with Mike. Uh, he's somebody who I kind of trained with at the uh, Dynamo Pro with Team Ambition, and uh, I always enjoy working with him. So I was really excited to finally, finally get a one-on-one with him, and came a little bit short, uh, but. It was back and forth, and I learned a lot, and I can't wait to uh to get to do it again. That was good. It was fun. Absolutely. And for those that don't know, uh, yeah, it was Mike Outlaw versus Ethan Price for the MWR Missouri State Championship back at Dynamo Pro Wrestling just not too long after Thanksgiving. And, you know, you have this image to you where you go out there and you – not so much pride yourself on being better than anybody, but you just look at yourself as trying to be an inspiration to others. Where did that come about? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of just stems from, you know, you you grow up with a little bit of, a little bit of self doubt, but that should have never stop you from giving in everything you got and, and giving it all you got. So, you know, I look at a guy like Mike Outlaw and I see how how big he is and he's really good. He's a really good competitor, but it doesn't mean I can't go in there and still give it everything I got and come out with a win. Like I can, I can always give 110% and, and why shouldn't I? Yeah. Ethan, your, your first match in Dynamo Pro um, was also a title shot. You took on our our heavyweight champion. Who's going to be our second hour guest later on Adrian Surge. Um, What did you learn from that match? Uh, How, how was that match in your book? I I thought the match was excellent. So thank you. Uh, It, it taught me, I don't often get like a chance to, to like headline a show or main event a show. It's just like your own, it's its own like slot. Uh, You get to kind of, dictate your own pace you get to feel it out a bit more uh i think that's a really good learning experience for anyone that's in my position that's you know usually on like lower ends of cards or never quite at the at the top tier to be with a guy like adrian surge as well who's been who was who's been championed what like almost a thousand days or something he's he's he's, he's on the verge of it he's on the verge yeah of it. yeah yeah so i mean he's no slouch and you know nope. stepping in with him and and feeling him taking his own time and his own pace allowed me to also like calm down and and find my own pacing and figure out where I can where I can try to slip my moves in you so, know I mean that's the thing I was at the commentary table with uh, Luke Skywalker Roberts and let me tell you I mean listening back on that there were so many instances where I I was right there thinking you finally had him. You were going to be the one ending that reign. And I know, I know it eats. I felt it. I felt it too. I like, you felt out of everybody that like, where it was just like, he had, for me, for example, the bulldog to the outside. I mean, that right there. That You uh, you guys are both lucky you got up from that one, first of all. Which is Put it, it was like a it was a big move of desperation. It's usually a move I do on the inside, but it it was right there, 
I thought, you know, what better way to take him out than to take that big risk and, and see if it could pay off. And it almost did. He definitely didn't see it coming. And, uh, yeah, it dealt damage to him, hurt me a little bit, but you just brush it off, get back inside and, and do what you can do. What so, got you into, you know, what got you into basically the world of professional wrestling? You know, you're fairly new to the game, but nevertheless, there got to be some fandom coming in from this or just <laughs> either a new experiment. What what got you into the wrestling world? Oh, I was just strolling down the street and I thought I'd give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so wrestling is actually like one of my very earliest memories. Uh my one of my very very earliest memories is actually walking into the living room where my dad was watching uh wrestling and i remember seeing kane and i was like like awestruck by like i was like three or something and i see this you know this red monster with flames behind him coming down and i'm like it's a monster <laughs> and so <laughs> so of course I'm, I'm i'm loving watching people like him and undertaker austin uh but unfortunately, my mom caught a, uh, oh. a, a yeah, I know she caught a segment with Val Venus and Trish Stratus that she wasn't too fond of. <laughs> At least it wasn't and, May uh, Young in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. <laughs> but but yeah, so she kind of cut us off like right around there. So I wasn't able to watch a lot of the Attitude Era, but I picked up uh, right back on it like around 2004, SummerSlam 2004. Is whenever I kind of just randomly happened upon it on TV, and I was like, I remember this, and so I just I couldn't stop watching from there. Like I was hooked. The moment it was my own choice, I was hooked. So, so uh, I see here that you trained a little. You trained with you started training with ACH down in the Texas area. Yeah. Um, ACH is one of the nicest people I've ever met in the wrestling. But I mean, he is just awesome. I mean, I, I've met him. I've had the pleasure of meeting and working with him a couple times. So, um, I, you probably feel the same way. Uh, what was it like training with ACH? He's uh, he's something else. First of all, like he doesn't just become like a mentorship. He treated us like we were like literally his brothers. I I felt he was he is like my big brother. And I've told him that. And it still feels that way. But um training with him was he he expected the he expected the very best from you. Um he he would see something in you that you couldn't necessarily like see in yourself. And it was just like up to you to see if you could attain what he saw of you. And he just really wished the best from you and he would you know, it was always fun getting with him in a ring and just feeling out his presence alone because he is like one of the very best in the world. And I'll put that up to anyone. I think he is one of the very best in the world. So so what's the difference between training with someone like ACH and then training with someone like you're doing right now, kind of in the team ambition with Davey Richards? Uh, is, there, uh, is, there, is there much? To, I know they, they're both yeah. kind of different. They're both different rest type wrestlers, but it might kind of be the same thing because uh, – Besides Davey's uh, affliction to modern technology, as we see, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's what's the what's the difference between the two? Uh, so with the training with with ACH, it wasn't just uh, like the stuff that we would do in the ring. It was a lot of we would be with him at the at his house, uh, watching tape and watching wrestling, and uh, just picking his brain and him talking you through everything, and then he brought us on a lot of car rides. So like the car rides were always a good time to talk with him and he would critique your matches and, you know, just give you, give you suggestions. A lot of it's like, it was, a, it was big and heavy on like psychology. Uh, 
and to achieve the reactions that you're looking to to get and character work. He was really good about character work as well. Um, so yeah, like he would teach you the the wrestling stuff, like basics, but it was it was really. I think more in the mind, I think is what he prepared you for. He prepared you more for the mental game of what wrestling would bring you. Um, I suppose with Davey, we have the, uh, we're super fortunate to be able to be actually in the ring with him, like constantly. And he, he's really good about showing like the amateur, the amateur style wrestling, uh, any, any, any bit of wrestling, like Matt wrestling. He's very big on, uh, catch as catch can and uh, just the feeling out process. Uh, that's what he's. I think uh, that's what I think I'm learning more from is my the actual mat game, and it's it's really helpful. It's really really good, and he does expect a lot from from us as well. Especially with help with his uh, with his devices, apparently. Because I asked Tootie, I yeah, asked Tootie, yeah, yeah, I asked, yeah. I asked Tootie about. It. I'm like, is this real? Is he playing a joke on everybody? Is he ribbing everybody? He's like, no. She's like, no. It legitimately is real. He has no idea. <laughs> so if, he, if he's uh, if he's working us, then he's a hell of a worker. So. <laughs> um, real quick before I throw it back to Jeremy, there question from Sunny May, Sunny Money Mayo, who was just on the show. Who yeah. has given you the best piece of advice so far in your career? Um, that's a good one. I have gotten a lot of good advice. I mean, other than just the, the usual, um, take your time. I, I think the one that's actually stuck with me the most is, is there's, uh, Chris Marvel down in San Antonio. Uh, I remember just having what I can, I, I really pride myself on having good matches. And, uh, whenever I feel like I don't deliver, I take it really personally to myself. And I remember one night, uh, I felt like I, I just had a really bad match and I was, I was upset because I, I thought I could do really good. I went in the back and I was like visibly upset and he just kind of pulled me aside and, and let me know. was like, you know, don't let him see you sweat. Um, don't take it so personally. You can always chin, take your, you know, uh, you know, take the, take the L and then just get right back on it. Like there's, there's don't beat yourself up over it. So just trying to remember not to take everything too personally, but just to, to take it and, and just get better. That's all it is. So don't don't beat yourself up is the big lesson I think I learned. Don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, back to you. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, that, that's and the thing of it is, you know, you talk about you know, don't beating yourself up, taking things too personal. You know, we've been around the locker room many times. You are just the life of the party with these guys. No. I mean. No, I just say Camaro cracking up, (laughs) Team Ambition, Mike Allo. Don't even think about selling yourself short. Uh, No, they're fine. But see, that's the thing. (laughs) They're my boys. You say the right things, they get some laughing. I'll tell you that much. Apparently, apparently Eli Rossi has has some stories from, I believe he's a bartender. Well, for those that don't know, he also, (laughs) Ethan Price also does have his. Uh, I have my what? I think Maestro. I think you froze yeah. for a second um, there. Come back to us. <laughs> I lost. My, I have my what? Yeah, give me one second. Hang on. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Am I here? Can you see me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear okay. us? Okay. Right. Um, as I was saying, for those that don't know, Ethan Price does also have. Uh, so far, it's just one, but he does have a T-shirt. Yeah, he, yeah I guess We're he's good. asking about your T-shirt. Are we? 
Hang on, one you're, second. You're, 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 Is that a t-shirt? Yeah, yeah. Something about a t-shirt, but uh, uh, uh Eli Rossi's probably uh, Eli Rossi holds court down apparently at, in the locker rooms at times where he's talking about his uh bartending job and everything. So I mean, I and Camaro Camaro Jackson is also probably he, I put Camaro up there with Nelson or with uh with um uh, ACH. He's he's probably one of the fr- most friendly guys too, don't you think? Camaro, yeah, no, Camaro, super super friendly. You know, d- you know, passes. Uh, thick thigh status. He's um. Okay. He's the quad father. Quad father. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. His quad father status. Yeah. No, he's Nelson's. He's just a jolly old fellow, and just a just a pleasure to be around. I do love Camaro. Do Do you have any advice for Camaro Jackson yeah. going up against Adrian Surge this 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 weekend uh, uh, Saturday because it's, he he gets his big shot uh, that you had a couple months ago. Yeah. Um. For Camaro, I think Camaro has every tool possible to be really big in in, in this business. Um, I think he knows it, and he should just unleash it. Uh, when Cam- I think when Camaro is on point and on top of his game, he can't be touched. So as long as he's focused going into a match with Adrian Surge and doesn't forget that this guy has been, you know, champion for a thousand days and has figured out how to win this many times, Camaro could very easily walk out uh, with the championship. I'm very big on him, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree that I think 2022 is going to be a huge year for Camaro Jackson. I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, he, you saw him on AEW Dark uh, when they were in St. Louis. How he, uh, oh, how the he power did, he the, had, the squat, the squat, the squat suplex that he had. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's legit strength. That's not. That's not. You know, someone you can't teach that. No, you can't. You can't no, you teach can't, that. You either mm-hmm. have that or you don't. I mean, he has it, and it's just it's just one of those things. It's an it's awesome. Jeremy, did you get your connection? Are you good now? Yeah, I should be good now. I was okay. going to mention Jerry. before, you know, I went into the fifth dimension that Ethan's got himself a t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. I um, do. And it's – I'm waiting for him to get more, but for now we'll just stick with the one he's got. Um, but it's Big Strong Boy. Got him, you know, rocking the pose. My little, my little pose. Your little pose. Hey, you're just a boy trying to be the biggest and strongest scholar you can be. He's I'm sure that's like my Twitter handle or something. Right, exactly. I mean, or you know, your Instagram, or one of one of them. I'm, I'm awful getting on social media. <laughs> um, you know, but when you talk about teaching things you can't teach, so we talked about Camaro Jackson's strength, mm-hmm. you know, or the resiliency of Adrian Surge. You know, he's yes. he's nearing 1,000 days as champion. Camaro Jackson's literally the last person standing in his way. Another thing you cannot teach is heart. Mm-hmm. But you can give advice on how to be determined and how to stick with it. Mm-hmm. If you met, say you meet someone who's an aspiring professional wrestler and they feel like they don't have it, what okay. would be the advice you'd give them? Um, I would say that it, I mean, it's kind of cheesy and generic, but it's it's much better to live life with no with the no regrets than the always wondering. Um, you know, a guy like me, I'm not very uh, I'm not very tall. Uh, you know, I, I am a big, strong boy, but I'm also, you know, I'm definitely not the biggest guy in the locker room. Uh, 
but that didn't that didn't stop me from just at least trying. Uh, and that, I mean, that's what I was saying before is you know, just as long as you're always giving your, your, your all and your 110%, you know, you should never be disappointed in yourself. So if you're in a, someone that's aspiring to be a professional wrestler, then don't hold up because the longer you wait, the, the, the harder it's going to be. So go ahead right. and give, go ahead and give it all you got now. And you know, there's, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And there's, Think about all the thousands of people that probably think or want to be a pro wrestler and they just never try. So you're already doing better by trying than the thousands of other people that just kind of thought about doing it. So Absolutely. Ethan, Ethan, do you have a dream match? Like, you know, do you have a dream match that you hope to have someday? Like, oh, like, a, rematch with, like a rematch with Adrian? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's 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 up there always. As long as for the title. Uh <laughs> Uh, it would it would be Brian Danielson. Danielson's my oh, my yeah. absolute favorite of all time. He's the one that um uh whenever I was in whenever I was in college and slumping <laughs> on my grades because I was paying too much attention to wrestling and wondering if I should do wrestling as opposed to trying to get a degree in something I didn't care for. Um, uh, then watching a guy like. Brian Danielson just rise, rise up. And I'm like, you know, he's like my size. If he can do it, how come I, how come I couldn't do it? He's the guy that really inspired me to, to want to do this and like think that I could do this. So I always think about Brian. So if there was ever a dream match, whether it was like two minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes, it would, it would be Brian Danielson. hundred percent. You're not well, afraid to get you're, you're you're not afraid to get your chest kicked in, or you you probably oh you that's what he trained me for was how to take well, things uh, was how to take well, chops and kicks. But that's what's funny because you know you you do have like that that Aiken to Brian Danielson because you look at it and especially for Brian Danielson, what's amazing for me. The most amazing thing about Brian Danielson was the fact that for for a while his career was over. He wasn't clear to compete, you know, and nobody thought that it was going to happen again, that he was going to compete again, mm-hmm. except one person, and that was him. And he was damn well determined to get back into the ring. And honestly, he's just put on great match after great match since he's come back. And he's unstoppable. You know, he still got that. Oh my gosh, yeah, I love just seeing him every week. And it's weird that at the beginning of WrestleMania this year, let's keep this in mind. Mm -hmm. WrestleMania this year, um, he wrestled Roman Reigns and Edge for the Universal title in the main event. Mm -hmm. Here we are where in just one day, he'll be wrestling Heyman Adam Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. It's been a crazy year. That's amazing how much can happen in one year. It, it's been a crazy year. It just shows that if you work hard and you really just in and a little bit of patience goes a long way. It really does, you know. I think if you go in expecting results right away, you might be disappointed because there mm. is that, you know, there's that ladder you always got to climb. But in the end, the payoff's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's interesting. You talked about when you really got back into wrestling it was around 2004. To the, you know, the, for me, it was about 2005-ish and everything. Um, yeah. 
and thankfully I wasn't just the little kid seeing Trish Stratus and Val Venus doing that stuff because uh yeah, mom would have switched it off for me too, so don't worry. <laughs> um Thanks, Mom. But <laughs> I do got another right, mothers. Uh, well here here's a question for you and then I'll pass it uh um uh oh, he's going back into the. Oh no, minute. here it goes. <laughs> so, uh oh, you're ha- you're having some issues, Jared. So, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, maybe we can get this interview on. Oh, what's your tag out? Are you, are you... that you haven't seen yet? Oh, I didn't hear that. Say it one more time. Wait. Okay. So, your dream match that you want to wrestle is with Brian Danielson. Yes, yes, yes. But. What's a match that has not happened in professional wrestling that you would love to see? Uh, hmm. I am a really big fan of uh, – this is another guy that I, I trained with a bit down in, in Texas, and he taught me a lot, but I think he's also one of the best in the world. Uh, Ricky Starks, I think, is like the future of, of pro wrestling. I think he is really the guy to look out for. Um, I, I think he can pull great matches anywhere. So for me, it probably would be to see someone like Ricky take on uh, maybe a CM Punk or maybe a Brian Danielson. But I, th- I think either one of those two matches for me are something I've been waiting to see for a while. I'm, I'm honestly waiting to see those matches. Uh, did you see the awesome. did you did you see the debut of Hook this past week on uh, Rampage? Yes, I did. What, yeah, did you, what, was... what did you think? Everyone was like, "Man, he looks super smooth." You know, I mean, I mean, he, no, he moved he moved incredibly smooth, and he had a confidence and an air about him that that's also something you can't teach people. So he's also going to be someone to look out for now because he looks like he's hungry. He looks like he wants it, mm-hmm. and, and, and he doesn't look like he's going to take no for an answer. And probably and probably putting him in with Fuego probably didn't hurt either because Fuego no. is probably Fuego's awesome. So I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, Fuego's Fuego's uh, awesome, dude. Fantastic. And I've not had the pleasure of meeting him yet. I look I look forward to t- meeting him sometime because every, everyone has such high things to say about him. Yeah, it, I was in a I was in a car ride with him once, and I got nothing but nice things to say about him. He was super nice, super chill. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I don't have anything else. Jeremy, do you have anything else you want to ask him before we let uh, the big strong boy, Ethan Page, go? Hey. Yeah, I think the last thing I – yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to let you know. You're being future endeavored from the podcast. Ah. I, I forgot to mention that part. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, thought um, I thought I finally had a position. I thought <laughs> I finally had a No, let me tell you something. You are definitely a part of this WrestleTalk podcast family. Um, I'm so glad we were able to get you on, but this has been nice. I gotta say, so my last question for you, yes, the next time you face Adrian Surge, would you just win the damn match? <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Fail me once. Shame on me. Fail me twice. It ain't going to happen. Awesome. There awesome. you go. Uh, All right. Uh, 
Ethan Price, uh, you want to go ahead and shout out all your social medias, your your Twitters, your Instagrams, your MySpace. Your, shout out your Pro Wrestling Tea my, store, my, too. Your, my your MySpace. Your Carrier Pigeons, your Pony <laughs> Express. All yes, that. yes, yes. Uh, you, can, you can follow your fellow Big Strong Boy on Instagram at uh, Ethan, Pri- Ethan Price 4 underscore 0. And then I think on Twitter, it's Ethan Price 4 dot O. I can't remember. It's for something. Oh, and you'll just see a cute little picture of me. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Pro Wrestling Tees. I have a t-shirt up. It's pretty cute. You should take a gander at it and possibly give it to people for Christmas. Maybe your mom, because I'm every mom's favorite son. Um, and yeah, I want everyone to have a happy holiday and... I think that might be it. Are we gonna see? Are we gonna see you at Dino Pro Saturday, or are we not? Uh, pro- probably not this Saturday. I am. Uh, I have some prior engagements, okay. but uh, cool. hopefully, I'll be brought back soon. Well, you've you've had two really great Man. matches, and Jeremy's loved both of your matches. Jeremy was looking forward to this interview. You you've made a you made, you made a fan of Jeremy, so uh, I'm a fan of Jeremy. So, so, uh, well, we hope to, we hope just promise that you'll come back on sometime with us. We'll talk again because this, this was absolutely fine. I know everything is awesome. And, uh, thank you for coming on and, uh, thank you for, for and thank you for being a part of the Russell talk family. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the scholar, the big, strong boy, (laughs) the big, strong boy, Ethan price. Thank you very much. Well, Jeremy, that was, that was a fun interview. I mean, Oh my gosh. One of, one of my favorites. I gotta figure out this. I I'll during the break I'll figure out how many devices are connected over here because I don't need to hear the night owl bitching at me. <laughs> uh, you know he's gonna tell you you need to hook up to the Ethernet. I Ethernet, already get your Ethernet. I already over. messaged him saying I don't want to hear a damn word about <laughs> Ethernet. I don't want to hear a word about it. So I will uh, take care of it. So, so during the break you're gonna check and uh, see how uh, see what's hooked up to McDonald's Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, so you, you know what? The only thing that's usually hooked up to the McDonald's Wi-Fi is Renee's phone, but we're not going to get uh, into oh, that. Oh, oh, oh no! Shot, shots fired! Shots <laughs> fired! Uh, but, uh, Hoss, what'd you think of the interview with Ethan Price? Hey, I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I was sitting backstage listening to it the whole time, and you know, that was a great interview. I really enjoyed learning about him, and uh, I look forward to. Uh, I'm definitely going to follow him and look forward to learning more. So, yeah. So uh, I guess we, I guess we need to do the shoot and shout segment, don't we? Before we head the break, uh, you want to, you want to kick on that uh, shoot and shout music real quick. It's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Everything is fucked. Everybody sucks. You don't really know why, but you want to justify ripping someone's head off. No human contact. If you Can you send me that? I'm like a direct message. I seriously love that. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, I guess I'll go first. I don't really have a whole lot, but uh, I mentioned Walmart before, and I dread every time I go to Walmart because. It's a, I went to Walmart and they didn't have any carts brought in, and so I had to go out and and, and get my own cart. So I just, I just want to tell Walmart, get your stuff together, bring in the carts more often. I mean, and open up more checkout lanes. I'm tired of standing in line. Yes. So so that's all I got. It's a holiday season. It's going to be great. Um, 
Hoss, you want to go next? You know, first off, in order to open up more checkout lanes, um, they would have to actually have less self-checkouts because that's all they have anymore. But, you know, that, that's a different story. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot either. Um, uh, my biggest thing right now is, you know, why the hell is there such a problem with uh, with supply chains anymore? You know, every time you ask for something, you're told, oh, it's sitting on a ship that's out in the ocean that nobody's unloading. You know, there's plenty of people sitting on unemployment that can go out here and uh, unload these ships. So I don't understand why, why they can't do it. So that, that's my biggest thing. All right, Maestro, you want to close out the segment and uh, tell us what's bothering you besides your internet? Oh, no, it's not It's not the internet that bothers me. It's the people telling me to deal with my internet that bothers me, and believe me. Well, that's a shot, another shot. That's another shot at Renee. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, you know what, and it's at Sunny Mayo, too, and I don't know at this point if that's just an old comment or a new one, but you know that's what? One. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, it looks like the same one as earlier. Um... Anyway, <laughs> the free 80 hour internet AOL disc. Ah, I can't say anything. I still have an AOL email address. So I was um... going to say, uh, <laughs> you know what? Before we give Sonny Mayo any screen time, we got to make sure he's uh, he's actually, you know, wearing proper attire, like some Cleveland <laughs> Browns masks or something. Anyway. OK, my shoot and shout segment is quite simple. It's the holiday season. So it's time. And what is the holiday season most special for? Marketing, greed, gluttony, all that good shit, right? No, it's about family. And I can't believe every year it gets worse and worse. Family is the most important thing on this planet. Okay? Not some shit you can buy for $4.99 on sale. At well, you can't buy it at Walmart because Walmart sucks ass, but or at Target or at Home Depot or something. So, no, I'm telling you right now for the holiday season and every season, just dedicate your life to your family because, okay, in all seriousness, all joking, all fake ass, pissed off attitude aside, none of us live forever. And you need to cherish the people you have in your life while you have the chance to cherish them. Because if you don't, when they're gone, it's going to be too late and you're really going to regret it. Um, so, yeah, I really emphasize that. There's so many people in my life I love, families, friends, people that are far away. And, yeah, that's – it's not so much angry as in pure anger, anger, more so as disappointment, but – yeah, I just I wish the holiday season meant more than what it means to a lot. That's so. true because because your family's not going to be because one minute you you'll you'll be there the one minute they'll be there and the next minute they'll be they'll be <sighs> gone or they'll be in a different situation just like my mom's dealing with she's in a, she's right. in a nursing home and you know like it, earlier I'll oh, go ahead Chris it, yeah it, it's tough to it's tough to see her um, 
when you go there, but you know she appreciates the 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 time coming out there. So you work in a nursing home, Jeremy. So you you see you see. I it all see the time. it, and I feel bad for the residents whose families never come and see them. I'm grateful for families that do see. The, their loved ones, but you know, and, I you, guess and, I got, and you dealt with the stuff through COVID where the where families couldn't come. I see did them. exactly, and how upset they got, and how it affected the residents. And then I just got one quick thing before uh, I guess we go to break, or you know what what next? Um, you know, one day I see my grandma back in February. One day, Dad and I went over and saw my grandma, and I got a selfie with her. Literally the next morning, she was gone. And, you know, right out of the blue. So that is why I cannot emphasize enough with all of you the message I am trying to convey. And that's all I got. Uh, Jeremy, yeah, that's heart, heartfelt. You know, you just never know when even even your friends just, you know, check up on a friend every once in a while. You know, they have that. Uh, I got me a, one of those tag me in shirts, you know, that, uh, that they, that tag me in United, that uh, internet campaign that they started with uh, right after Daphne passed away. And um, yeah, so it, it put, the, it's, put the suicide awareness hotline on there too, Hoss, if you can, because, because the holidays you know, are, the holidays are, you know, you hear about it more on the holidays, you know, it's, yeah. it's just, it, it, it's terrible. It, it's, it's terrible. If, 24 if seven hotline, you know, you're never alone. You know, reach out to someone if if you must. You know, it's so, important. I actually used to run fire and rescue, and this is the worst time of the year for that. Um, you see more suicides this time of year than you do any other time of year. So, definitely, if you if you need the feel, you need help, just reach out. Um. All right, so we're gonna end our first hour there. Uh, make sure the we'll you know. Um, so second hour coming up, we got even bigger. The Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion Adrian Surge is going to join us. Um, we'll but Renee says that's his shooting shout. Uh, oh, he's, he's I thought mad. his shooting shout was that Walmart sucks. I mean, they both are shooting uh, shout. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> he's mad. He's mad because he didn't get to interview Ethan Price. So I mean, it, it was it was a really good interview. So we'll take us to break. Hoss, what you got? What you got for us for break? Uh. How about some 11 early in the morning? All right. We will take a break here on the WrestleTalk podcast and be back here shortly uh, for another hour of great wrestling action. Hoss, take it away. Jim Park with a chicken no breakfast. If you ain't a hustler, you might not get this. Eyes wide open, even though we sleeping. Had to get up to your face, you know, creeping. But you gotta be from my town just to know that. All brand new, no need for a throwback. Tell where you're from, but don't be dumb. Didn't even know it, but they said that I won. I will keep grinding, no rewinding. I will ace life like it's one big assignment. Young Max Saga, hotter than lava. Never tripping on them haters, cause they ain't hot was a hustle, I swear I'm just like her. Girl, put your titties in my face, that's why I like her. Hey, big heads, but I love big faces. My name is victorious, I already taste it. Baby. Got to get my hustle. 
Money in the morning, I'm up trying to get it when it comes to that important shot. I gotta hit it because I'm lost, baby. Young Reese, he's way too much lately with your main. Feeling crazy, you know what's up, baby. Can't see the place where I'm at. Where they get hit with the mad niggas stabbing the back. I could feel a long with a link up with the pack. Eating up fucking beats like they some type of snack. And then I hit the club, see the people moving. I be chasing paper while some people still snoozing. If you ain't winning, must mean you're losing. That's taking L's and there's something I ain't doing. I'm a straight winner from beginner, you should know that. From the killer city, so you know I gotta show that. Do the cush practice, break it down and roll that. Trying to get some racks after that, get some more racks. All right, welcome back to episode 374 of the world famous Wrestle Talk podcast. My name is Big Sexy Chris Rodell. I got Hoss rolling. We'll bring the maestro back in here in just a few minutes. Um, we got a big second hour. The Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion, Lights Out Adrian Surge, is going to join us. We were joined earlier by uh, the big strong boy, Ethan Price. We had some good Ring of Honor, Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano talk. Sonny Mayo joined us for shoot for with his shooting shout. Renee is still mad because he he uh, hasn't had didn't get a chance to interview Ethan Price. So, um, well, you know, I uh, I sent him a fax about that. Oh, you um, sent him so, a fax. Oh, so hopefully, in about six to ten weeks, he he gets that. Um, well, anyway, did you send it by U.S. mail? Because that's about that's about what they're running. Because uh, never mind. yeah, about ne- never mind. Never never mind. I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, no. Well, so, um, so there is one thing I did want to talk about, Chris, if I may. Um, oh, absolutely. It is, it is a – well, first off, I'm excited for the Adrian Surge interview because back when I did the I-70 Sports podcast, which was the precursor to Interstate 70 Sports Media, um, I actually had the chance to interview Adrian Surge and Camaro Jackson on the same show. And that episode's still up there, and I just thought that was so cool. I mean, he was they are great back then. You know, it's great now to be able to talk I've watched to them. The, I've watched their matchback uh, just recently that they had at the the show we did with the roller derby. Um, yeah, that it was, was the, bra- the, the bragging. It was you probably interviewed them right before the bragging rights. Match, I, yeah, that right? was the show I interviewed and, both of them, and they just they killed it. They 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 absolutely killed it. So um, I think uh, that um, I think that uh, we should just go ahead and get right on to our second hour interview. Uh, it goes down this Saturday night at the uh, Concordia Turner's Hall in. Uh, South City, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, you can get your tickets at dynamoprowrestling.bigcartel.com. They are $10 in advance. Um, that's good until Friday, until a little midnight Friday. After that, you can get them at the door and they'll be and they'll be a little bit more expensive. Um, $5 for kids. Uh, but let's bring on um it's the fight before Christmas is the name of the show. It's sponsored by Slacker CDs and Games and Teresa Matt of Realty Executives. So let's bring on the one and only the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion defending his title against the Dynamo Pro D1 Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Lights out. Adrian Surge. What's going on, 
fellas. He even brought the good music too. Hey, we do it right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Adrian, how's it going today? Uh, it's going well, fellas. How you guys doing? We're uh, good, man. It's great seeing you. Heck yeah. Heck uh, yeah. I, guess, I guess you're mentally preparing yourself for this this weekend. You have a big, tall order um, against... Uh, the biggest. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, and that's just talking about his quads. Uh, it's the quad father, Camaro Jackson, and he gets his shot. He is... He, we talked at the last show. You talked at the end of the last show that you've been a champion for almost a thousand days as, as Dynamo pro champion. And you've only had one blemish on your record. And it was at that, uh, it was at the uh, show that we did with the uh, roller derby. It was the bragging rights. Yeah. match. It was you versus Camaro Jackson and Camaro Jackson came out on top. He didn't win the title because the, neither title was on the line, but you actually challenged Camaro Jackson. Why did you, why, what, what made you want to challenge Camaro Jackson instead of him challenging you? You know, I think, when you look when you look back at it, you know I I, I want to you know stake my claim as not only one of the greatest champions in Dynamo Pro history, but be one of the you know names that come to people's minds when they think about St. Louis wrestling for like the next twenty years or so. You know I'm I'm big and I'm very passionate about the the wrestling and the, and the things that are happening here in St. Louis. Um, and so you know if I'm gonna you know in my opinion if I'm claiming to be the greatest champion, one of the greatest champions the Dynamo has ever seen, um, I have one blemish. I need to I need to wipe that blemish off uh to to really feel like i've staked my claim so uh in order to do it it seems like there's one last thing for me to do uh you know before trying to figure out what's next and that's to beat camaro jackson one-on-one and and right that wrong so i actually want to go back to 2019 i mean it seems like so long ago with everything we've gone through the last year and a half uh yeah 2019 you beat you beat your mentor you you called him your mentor mikazi for the title so i mean on that night, when you won the title and he left his mask in the ring, what what were you thinking? Um, what was going through your head at that time? I mean, we've been through a lot together. I've known Mikazi for a long time in and out of the ring. I mean, we you name it, we've probably done it, traveled together, been friends, been foes, whatever it's been. Um, kind of seeing that took me a little bit off guard. Um, to be honest, I was more looking forward to just like, destroying him and, and leaving him laying more so than anything else. So uh, the way that that turned out, it seemed like, you know, I finally, you know, it, it felt like more, the, more than like a respect thing. It felt more like a passing of the torch. And I think maybe that has something to do with what I'm doing here. You know, I think, you know, when Mikazi won the heavyweight title, um, he knew I was in the wings. He knew I, that's what my ultimate goal was going to be. But out of respect, I was going to let him kind of do his own thing. He decided to take things into his own hands. And I, decided to take the respect from him more so than anything else at that point. So maybe it's, maybe that's kind of where I'm at with Camaro at this point is I see him, I've seen him for a while. I've seen him ever since he started in this business and I feel like he thinks it's his time. And so, you know, out of respect for the hard work that he's done, I think there's a, there's a little bit of that too. Not only just proven that I'm better at this point and the best champion in Dynamo, but also I think, you know, he's earned that if, if, if at the very least he's earned it. Because because the whole you and the Mikazi thing that all st- that all stemmed from an attack down at the you were getting ready to train down at the uh, dojo, and yeah. and him and the agents of chaos they took you out and they took out your shoulder and I still remember the night there's a there was a preview video that showed on the arena on, on the arena and the one line that stuck out to me is how can he carry Dynamo Pro 
wrestling whenever he can't even hold his whenever he can't even carry his own child and i think at that point the crowd was like oh this is not just going to be another wrestling match this is going to be this is going to be a war it's personal um so that whole situation with with that what did you learn from what did you learn from being injured for the this period of time you know, I think it lit a fire under me. Like I'd been champion, you know, Mikazi had prevented me from being champion for so long. You know, I felt like he he screwed me out of opportunities and things like that. So when I finally beat him for it, I think I held the title for maybe maybe a month, maybe one one show before the, you know that that attack. Um, so if anything, it just left it like a bad taste in my mouth. Like I'm gonna be back and nothing's gonna stop me. And uh, not only that, but I'm gonna be champion for as long as I want to. So, and so far that's held, held true. I'm going to outwork everybody. I'm going to be there uh, to prove that I'm the best. So I think if anything, I lit that fire under me, which has carried me these almost thousand days. And I got one more question before I send over to my colleague, uh, the maestro. Uh, We'll talk about Thanksgiving slam. It was you versus Xavier shadows. And I know you guys have a history. You've gone back and forth. You've probably traveled with him too. And you fought, you fought him up in strictly insane, you know, um, fought him and died. I mean, he was part of the attack him. The point that sticks out at me was the, uh, when he basically just threw you, head first backwards into the oh, guardrail gosh. right right in front of his partner big vic who's coming back from his own injury so yeah so i know that didn't feel too good what did you feel about that match with with, with xavier shadows you know I, it's it it surprised me but it didn't at the same time you know i've i've known those two the the two members of the agents of cast for a long time we actually used to roll together um probably six years ago consistently you know kind of on the same team allies almost um, and then just kind of had a falling out a couple of years ago. Obviously, you know, we talked about they aligned with Mikazi back then and now kind of just our paths seem to just randomly cross, you know, all the time, uh, you know, every so often. So Xavier, I knew was going to bring it and I didn't know where his headspace was going to be. I think that's one of the things about him and one of his biggest assets is uh, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, he's he's hyper aggressive, but he's also calculating and, you know, having his partner there. Um, you know, once I saw him, I knew I, I knew I had to change up my game plan a little bit because he was going to have he was going to have that kind of momentum uh, with him there. And, yeah, that 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 guardrail. I took two guardrail shots. The first one kind of rocked me a little bit. And the second one really kind of threw me off. Um, back of my head was kind of numb for <laughs> the, next, the next couple of days at spots. It wasn't the greatest. Right. Um, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't know if I was in the right headspace the rest of the time. You know, that night I was pretty aggressive in that interview afterwards or the, you know, uh, the the thing with Camaro and I, I don't think that's what I intended to be but there was there was a lot of frustration there like I I felt like I did some I, I actually overcame a concussion and it seemed like you know people weren't really you know didn't really care you know that I fought you know for these thousand days to try to be the best champion as possible and I I, I regret a little bit of that <laughs> I don't think the right I think I meant what I said but the tone and and the way I yeah, portrayed it to the audience was not the greatest. <laughs> but, but I will say it was it was really good to see Big Vic. You know, we hadn't seen him in a while. I mean, I interviewed him down at the down at the studios. Uh, mm-hmm. He explained yeah, what, he, he explained what his in, his injury was. It didn't end very well. The interview didn't end very well for me. Um, but 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 it still was good to see. I'll him be because, gentle. Uh, yeah, it's still good seeing him. So uh, Jeremy, uh, fire off, fire fire away. Awesome. Well, you know, speaking of the whole thing about the past couple Dynamo shows, actually, first off, let me tell you something. I still cringe at remembering you going headfirst into those guardrails. I mean, we could hear it all the way back from the commentary table. 
Holy crap. And then don't even get me started with the chest after the chops. We're not they call them knife edge for a reason. But anyway, you know, you talk about your tone towards the audience may not have been exactly what you intended. Mm-hmm. But over the past couple months, you know, as you're getting closer to this 1000 day plateau, the fans have started to have a different type of reaction to you. Um during the Ethan Price match, they were fully on board with trying to see this upset happen Mm -hmm. um and while you still got a good reaction in the end um it's not quite to what you're used to and after your match with shadows shadows who is definitely more disliked a lot more than ethan price is um maybe it was the tone that you had with the audience well what do you think it's all about as you're nearing this milestone and that's gotten the crowd into a different manner towards you. You know, I think everything is really great until it starts getting a little old, um, you know, and, and I've wanted to establish my legacy. And I don't think it's a thing where they don't like me anymore. It's I think maybe they're ready for something fresh and new, you know, a new face to come up. And uh, I say bring it on. Like at this point, you know, if, if you want someone new, find, you know, find a challenger and find somebody that can knock me off the pedestal. Um, and I think that's where all that comes from. It's just like a kid, right? You know, you give him a kid a toy and he's going to play with it for a while and eventually he's going to get sick of it. And then he sees the new toy and then that's, Ooh, I want to play with that one now. And I think that's kind of where the, maybe the audience is at. Um, I think all that kind of started with the, the, the Jake Parnell match, the war horse match um, where we both basically just went to war, no pun intended and, and basically killed each other. Um, and I think they started to see, Ooh, okay. There's all these new possibilities out there. Um, you know, and, and I think the respect I hope is there. I don't know. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of that where they want to see something new. Um, and I'm kind of putting my foot down and, you know, all right, cool. Take it from me. Then. I, I think you can definitely have respect for somebody and still want somebody else to definitely be the champion. Sure. I, I do definitely feel I feel like that's where a lot of fans are going in the direction of because I, I don't get the energy. I can really sense that energy and I don't see any energy of dislike more of just like, OK, kind of what you were saying, you know it's it's great until it gets old um and then we get to something a little more a little more interesting about your title reign we've said it many times already kamara jackson's the only person standing in the way between you and your 1000 day title reign Mm -hmm. a thousand days is unbelievable now comes the the issue of how many title defenses you've had in those thousand days? Obviously, COVID has played a crucial big time factor into that. Do you think people, whether it be contemporary wrestlers, whether it be the audience, looks at you and whenever they hear about how long you've been champion, say, I don't feel he's truly been the champion that long. What are your thoughts on it? You know, I don't, I, it's, it's easy for people to talk, especially behind, you know, maybe a keyboard or a computer screen or something. Right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, yeah. Uh, so there was, there was a, there was time off with COVID. Like there, one thing about me, I'm going to tell you straightforward how it is. You know, I don't, I don't really mince words. Uh, I'm just going to be straight up with you. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And I think that's where maybe a lot of the, the, the poignancy has come, you know, where the fans are really deciding where they, where they're, uh, where they're at now. Um, you know, I, I would, the thing I would fire back with is, all right, like, 
you're, you're kind of stuck inside. There's a lot of policies and procedures that have to be followed and you have to stay ready because any day uh, the, the ban, you know, in, in the, the uh, procedures could be lifted and we're back to normal again. Um, and so, you know, try to try to stay mentally prepared and physically <laughs> prepared, you know, getting your body and your mind ready for basically any time, uh, you know, th that uh, Dynamo might come back. Um, and then, you know, coming back, I think within the first month, month and a half of coming back, I go through, you know, probably one of the, the, the greatest physiques, you know, in, in the area right now in Benjamin Trust and then turn right around and have to face, you know, Warhorse, one of the, I think right in the top 100, you know, on the independents right now, like it, it's, it, you know, people can say what they want, but, you know, when you're in there and when you're facing some of the best out there, um, all the prep and all the behind, you know, the, the things behind the scenes that people don't see, you have to do that stuff or you're going to lose your momentum and you're going to um, fall behind. So well, no, uh, I was going to ask a, a, a viewer question from uh, Sonny Mayo. Uh, he has a question for you. Uh, who has been the opponent you faced who's taken you to your limit or has there been one yet? You know, I, I think, the, I mean, yeah, you have to be very straightforward. I think Warhorse is definitely up there, especially for like the first time he and I really uh, touched, you know, in the St. Louis area. Um, that's one where I think we just, we literally went to battle. That was, that was kind of one of those. Um, anytime me and Mike Outlaw are in there, I, I feel like it's a coin flip. Um, and, you know, I say, I say that with the utmost respect to, to him. He's one of my favorites going right now. Um, and I guess, unfortunately, I have to throw in Camaro's name, seeing as how he's one of the only one that has beaten me. So I don't know if it's mostly taking it to my limit or he got a lucky, uh, lucky move in with the, with the little pedigree there that you know, made him three seconds better than me. But I guess I have to throw his name in there too, just because of the result. When you talk about being taken to the limit, you know, and you mentioned Mike Outlaw, I think it can't be overlooked at your guys' amazing match at the South Broadway Athletic Club where you cannot get any more taken to the limit than literally where it was a time limit draw. Um, and you could see the frustration on the face of Mike Outlaw. And honestly, I could sense frustration from you as well um, because obviously it's great to leave as the champion. But... Yeah you still have to maintain yourself as, you know, that image of the guy who's bait, who does leave as a champion, not escaping as the champion. And I mean, I'm there to win. I'm not there to tie. Like I, I've, exactly. been a, I've been a competitor my whole life. I've played sports my whole life. I've never gone into one, one game, one inning, you know, one quarter to, to tie or lose. Like I'm going right. in there to win. And so, yeah, I was pissed off. Like, yeah, I'll, be, exactly. I'll be honest. Like I didn't, I, and I could tell he was too. And that's why I think I have so much respect oh, for him. Furious. I was trying to, I was trying to take his head off, but like, yeah, there was, I, we both hated the result. Was putting the donut in the snitch's mouth after the <laughs> battle royal a little bit more that, relief? <laughs> that was a little, there was, that was like the silver lining. You know, you always like, I look for the silver lining and things that, that, that I won't lie. That was definitely the silver lining for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to, that's that you, you, took me to my next to my next thing that we were going to talk about we we're going to talk about the snitch how i mean he 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 takes part in these battle royals at the forehand show it's, he's he's once he's won a couple of them quote unquote says he's won one of them that that was the antithesis of the screw job so i mean he uh i mean he's I mean, I, I want to get your opponent, uh, your view on another match that's going to take place this this Saturday uh, that involves the snitch against yeah. Outcast. I 
don't know if you've wrestled Outcast. I I can't remember. I have. Top. I, I, I mean, I have. It was and, in my first Riot on the River tournament that I won in the semifinals. I beat him. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That dude, that dude hits like a truck. <laughs> so oh. he's t- he's taking on the snitch. He's putting his career on the line. It's gonna be no disqualification. He's putting his career on the line. The snitch is putting his quote unquote screw job and any future title shots. So if if Cass can win, you won't have to worry about the snitch if you get by Camaro Jackson. I can't say that. You, I mean, we don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, w- right now we'll assume that you're gonna go by. So what's your what's your opinion on that match? I mean, do you think? I mean. You've been in I the mean, ring. You've been in the ring with the snitch too before. So I have. I, mean. I have, unfortunately, um, <laughs> and it was for a minor confrontation, actually two times, and uh, I've I've dropped him both times. So uh, he he kind of he kind of pushes my buttons. Uh, and Outcast is just a straight up dude. Uh, you know, he he'll punch you in the mouth. So if Snitch isn't ready to go, this is the this is the type of match that that favors Outcast. I don't care what anyone says. Snitch can try anything he wants. Uh, outcast has been through it all and he'll he'll smack him in the face and i don't know if snitch is ready for that um you know he he's he's talked a lot snitch has about you know me trying to avoid him and stuff i've said multiple times on different media platforms in in person whatever uh, all you gotta do is ask me for a title shot man like you can talk about the screw job all you want all you gotta do is ask and i'll i'm happy to accept and he just hasn't hasn't uh, taken me up on that offer so i don't feel bad for him all right, real, real quick, we're going to bring someone on. So, Jeremy, look busy. We got management coming on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he is the media relations director of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, also is the executive oh, producer boy. of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Look busy, Jeremy. Management's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the one and only, the St. Louis legend, Luke Roberts. Luke, brother, well, what's going on? <laughs> well, gentlemen, first of all, I don't know if you would go that far of St. Louis legend, but, again, this is one of those where this has probably got to be one of the most Happen in places to be on a Tuesday night. I mean, again, you have two of the greatest announcers in the history of professional wrestling, that being Big Sexy Chris Rodell and the maestro Jeremy Carp. And I have to say, the man who, simply put, has been shattering records left and right uh, in impressive 970 days. I want the, the viewers to look at that for just a minute. That's over two years. If you do the math, we're getting pretty close to two and a half years of dominance as the Dynamo Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Team. And I saw somebody, uh, I believe it was Scott, just a few minutes ago, we had an opportunity to post his uh, message to the Night Owl here on the uh, feed this evening. A thousand days is a thousand days, and congratulations, Serge. I mean, again, you have been, simply put, have been on a roll, the likes of which I haven't seen in Dynamo Pro, and I was there from the very beginning. I've seen all these champions that have been, uh, fortunate enough to hold the Dynamo Pro Championship. Um, my first question is this. You've been champion now, as of today, for 970 days. Obviously, being the Dynamo Pro Champion is going to be one of your greatest accomplishments. But can you share with the viewers what you would think your greatest accomplishment since winning the Dynamo Pro Championship is? Yeah, I mean, there's there's two things that stand out in my mind for that one. Um, I think just it, the becoming the longest reigning champion in in the company's history. I think that's that's got to be up there, especially since you know I look back before I won the title, before I was even you know full time in Dynamo Bro. Um, you know, I did a couple shows, and then you know I kind of it just kind of wasn't back. Like I wasn't I wasn't told they weren't interested, but I wasn't told, hey, come back, we want you a full time. Um, and that kind of stuck in my craw quite a bit. Like it, it ate at me. Cause like, 
I, I, I'm from St. Louis. I have a lot of pride of being in St. Louis, but I wanted to start my career away from St. Louis, away from any distractions, away from anything that might get me hicks. I wanted to fight and I wanted to claw and I wanted to earn my way into the business. Um, and when I finally got an opening to get into St. Louis and to kind of be told, ah, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, and that like, it pissed me off, but it pissed me off in like a good way. Um, and so going from that, not knowing if I'd even have like a mainstay in St. Louis wrestling with as hot and, and fantastic as it is right now to being, you know, the longest reigning dynamo pro champion, you know, in that company's history, especially in this era, like, man, that's, it's, that's, that's an accomplishment. I'm a hold, I'm a hold definitely close to me just for the amount of work that I put in. Um, and then just more on kind of a singular level, I think the match with, uh, war is, it stands out as, you know, one of, one of my biggest and toughest battles, but I think it turned out to be a really fantastic night for the company. Uh, and then I'm a, I'm a, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about this, but Scott, Scott's comment definitely got me thinking, um, you know, I've been champ for a thousand days. We had some time off with COVID, but before COVID, I defended the title belt three times in one day at Ballpark Village against three three individuals, and I walked out as champion. So and, and can't it, tell it, me it, time it, off. And it was hot. It, it was hot that day too. Oh Man, yeah, ninety five plus and, and, humidity at all that. I'm out and, there five, you know, three times. Luke, Luke really remembers that day because he was the only referee that day and had to referee fifth. Had to referee like fifteen matches in ninety degree heat, which was also which was also the same day as the uh, Blues uh, Stanley Cup yep. parade. So yep. so we had even more people there, and it was it was it was just awesome being downtown that that day. So yep. I mean, those those events are kind of fun. Those uh, like the single. De Mayo Festival and you know they're those are my favorite, especially the, the Cinco de Mayo's and, and the and the yeah. forehand show. Those are always the, those are always fun shows because you're 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 not really with a true hardcore wrestling audience. I mean, you still have your hardcore fans there, but you have your casual fans there, and you can you could break out like the fun moves, you know, like the John Cena's moves, and and like Camaro actually knocked you off with the pedigree at the at the show we did with the. Uh, with the with the roller derby, you know, he he. I don't think I've ever seen him do that move before. So, I mean, those shows are Me fun. Those, those kind of festival shows. Do you like working those, or is that something? Those that- probably end up being some of my favorites, to be honest. Um, I love I love our fans and what we do in that in that building. But to be able to just go out there and just just entertain those are the those are the ones where I really enjoy just feeling out the crowd and um, seeing what they want. I think you know at the. Um, you know, that, that one where I defended the belt three times in one day, you know, I remember shoving, shoving a, a taco down some guy's throat, like the, one of my, one of the guys I faced and just, it's just moments like that are really cool. And I think that's where I, I think that's where my strength is in those kind of shows is where I can shine and really be creative. Well, well, Serge, I mean, again, I'm going to go back here and another one that I think that would definitely rank uh, pretty high up on your list was winning the Dynamo Pro Championship. And um, I don't want to say silence because that's not the the best word to put it there. But your wars with the wind of destruction, Mikazi. I think that need those need to be up there as well. Yep. But as we talk about this, I know Chris, you brought up the idea of, of the event at uh, the Taco Festival, which I will remember probably for the rest of my life. You almost uh, died that day. Yeah. It was a very warm day. And again, I'm just going to make sure things are there because I know that you and and, and and Mikazi have this thing with fire and things like that. I know, but that not, that's kind of a sore subject with you. Um, Serge, I'm going to tell you right now, I've had a lot of people that have talked with me over the course of the past several days. And I, I have to ask this. This is a part of my job that I'm going to be up front. This is what being an announcer, being a broadcaster like myself, I have to ask. I want to go back to February 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. You versus Camaro Jackson. Champion versus champion. No titles on the line. 
just the two of you in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you right now, I got to ask you, I know this is something that's been on your mind for a long time. How do you, as a Dynamo Pro Champion, prepare? And can you give the, the, the viewers of the WrestleTalk podcast a little bit of insight as to how you prepare so something like this, something like Slams and Jams, does not happen again this Saturday night at the fight before Christmas? I mean... I, I'm I'm gonna win. Like that's 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 the that's the main thing. You know, I I'm not here to you know divulge my strategy and all that. I've got that working out. Um, you know, I'm at the gym. You know, I'm I'm watching film. I'm getting ready. Um, but anyone that wants to, you know, why would I give you my strategy? You can just come and come and come to the show on Saturday and see it because I'll I'll pick Camaro apart. Um, I I don't know if I'll be able to touch those quads, but like I he's got other weaknesses that I can exploit. So. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my plan, and I'm I'm bringing everything I got. You know, if I want to solidify, this is the last thing that I, I want to do uh, before I hit that thousand days is is right this one wrong, and everybody, I'm, I I can't really tell you anything else. I'm not going to. Uh, all I can tell you is that I'm going to bring it last Saturday. Time. I'm going to put his lights out. Yeah. Is is there someone that that if if you make it pass, I I know I keep saying if you make it pass. Is there someone in there's there someone that you want to face for the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Championship if you get past Camaro on Saturday? Um, I mean, honestly, any of the up and comer young guys that just really are, are hungry and fighting, I would love to, to get in there with them to really make sure that I'm really the top dog uh, and make sure there's no one ready to, to take that. Um, there's a couple other, you know, past, you know, Dynamo pro guys that are still kind of floating around um, that I think that I would really like to establish myself on guys that dominated like Jake Durden. Um, that would be I, something I, I would like to test myself against as well. I actually, I actually, a dream match that I have is a uh, you versus Ricky Cruz because I do not mm-hmm. believe, I do not believe, yeah, that, that, I don't I think do not, that match has I don't ever think happened. Ever happened and I think it would be, I think it would be amazing. It'd be a huge match, Rick, yeah. Ricky is Ricky one is a great guy and is absolutely one of the smartest people about professional wrestling that I know. And but I, he would, he, he can, he can go in the ring and so can you. And I think you believe. That would probably be one of the, that. That would be one of the dream. And of course, Jake Durden. I think the size difference would, you know, he he might kill you, but you know, I mean, never know until you try. You wake up in a grave, then maybe a <laughs> bad day at the office, <laughs> or or, th- or through a wall because him and Ricky that went through yeah. him and Ricky went through the wall at Stratford Stratford Inn at that one true. time. So this is true. Well, um, just just to give you an idea too, and I, I noticed earlier, Maestro. Don't think I wasn't paying attention. I mean, I remember that meeting that we had earlier this week. Maestro was kind of waving his hand over there. I got to tell you right now, going up against Lights Out Adrian Surge, not the best of an idea when it comes to being a competitor on the Dynamo Pro roster. I mean, the man has been champion for a long time. And, and I've got to put it this way, and I don't want to use the word if, but I have to throw it out there. If you get past Camaro Jackson this Saturday at the fight before Christmas, if you make it to 1,000 days, I know that's your goal. I know that's the goal that you set for yourself. What's next? I mean, you, you cement yourself as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Dynamo Pro champion ever. What's next for Adrian Surge should you get past Camaro Jackson this Saturday? Well, there's no should or if about it. It's going to happen. So, um, but at, at the same time, you know, I've, I'm, I'm goal oriented. I'm goal focused. So once I hit that, that's where I'll reestablish, you know, where I'm at. Um, really just putting Dynamo Pro on the map. Hell, maybe it's time I, I go defend it elsewhere, uh, you know, across across the country or whatever it might be uh, to really make that one of the, the better titles. 
um, that's out there. If there's if there's no one in St. Louis that's going to take it from me, then I might as well expand my horizons a little bit too um, to see who else you know is is ready to bring it. But you know, for now, I'm focused on Camaro. Um, you know, once I hit that thousand days, that's where I'll kind of really kind of reconsider where everything's at and uh, and do what's best for for the title, do what's best for the company, and and all that. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you hear it right here. The Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion, 970 days and counting. Lights out, Adrian Surge. And Surge, I mean, again, looking back through the history, many people would say you are one of the greatest champions in Dynamo Pro history. And the question, as we look at the final event of 2021 for Dynamo Pro Wrestling, will we see history being made? Thousand plus days as the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion. Or do we see the first dual champion in Dynamo Pro history? And I have to preface that because the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz, held the tag championships and the heavyweight championship at the same time. If Camaro Jackson's able to defeat you on Saturday night, he'll be the first man to hold both the D1 and the heavyweight championship at the same time. I got to tell you right now, Serge, it's going to be a memorable night. Fight before Christmas, Concordia Turner's Gymnasium. Any final thoughts before we let you get back to uh, your training regimen. I know you've got to be very busy knowing that your your championship matchup is just a couple days away. Yeah, actually, I'm dressed. I'm about to go train after this. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think something that you said, Luke, I have to I have to correct you. I know you do a fantastic job, but, you know, uh, I will be the greatest champion in Dynamo Pro history after this Saturday. Um, I know Camaro's a lot. I know Camaro is bringing it. I know Camaro's probably the hottest guy in the company besides myself right now. Um, for, for a multitude of reasons. Uh, and I fully own that he was three seconds better than me two years ago. He busted out a move called pedigree. Everybody knows it. Uh, and it, it ended me that night. Um, but I'm ready for it this time. And, you know, dude's a genetic freak. Got quads of steel. I think we've put that over plenty. Um, but he's going to have to look in the mirror and check his own pedigree and his own genetics because I'm going to put push him to the limit. And uh, when he wakes up on the mat after I put him out uh, and put his lights out, he's going to have to deal with the fact that he failed. So, Adrian, before you go, one more thing before you go. Shout out all your uh, social media links, your Facebook, your Instagram, Twitter, anything that you want the fans sure. to know about you. Yep. We got a Facebook page. Feel free to go ahead and like that. I put a lot of stuff up there. You might be lucky enough to add me as a friend. Can't promise anything. I honestly don't know at this point. Um, at Adrian Surge is my handle for Instagram and Twitter. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel under Adrian Surge. If you search for any of those, I'll put up matches every so often. Um, the ones that are up there right now, uh, you know, Warhorse, the, the the final match with Mikazi, things like that. I think uh, the, the along with Camaro is up yeah, there. I, too. I, I was just gonna say uh, I watched. I just watched that recently back back again, and I watched the I listened to the crowd reaction. So that that was that was a, yeah. that was a great match. So Thank so. You. Awesome. Adrian Serge, lights out Adrian Serge, the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion, takes on the D1 Champion Camaro Jackson this Saturday at uh, the Fight Before Christmas at the Concordia Turner's Hall. Get your tickets today. Adrian, thanks for coming out. Thanks for joining us today. We um, go, go get that training in. Um, maybe work out for me and Luke to, again for, for us. And uh, we will see you Saturday night at the Concordia Turner's Hall. Perfect. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Have a, Have good, a good one. one. All right. Thank you very much, Serge. Best of luck, man. You got this. Oh, Maestro. Maestro, what's your prediction for uh what's your prediction for uh Saturday night? What's my prediction for Saturday night? Oh, it's gonna be one hell of a show. All right, you want my honest opinion? Oh, this is tough. I've seen them wrestle before, I've grown close with both of them. But you know what? 
you don't get to be a champion for 937 days without figuring out a way to win. He's taken Mike Outlaw to a time limit draw. And Mike Outlaw's the top-ranked wrestler in the state of Missouri. I think Adrian Surge finds a way to pull out a victory over Camaro Jackson this Saturday. Hoss, do you have a prediction? Uh, just from what I've heard and, uh, and what footage I've seen and stuff, I think Adrian Surge can pull this out, and uh, it sounds like it's going to be a good match. And, you know, I'll definitely be looking forward to seeing from some footage and stuff from the match. Luke, I mean, I know your management, you probably can't have a position, but uh, what, do you, what do you think? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to sound silly, but I actually have three. First one is simple. Adrian Surge, and we heard from him just a few minutes ago. Adrian Surge is focused on a goal that no one in the history of Dynamo Pro Wrestling has reached. A thousand days as champion. Not D1, not women's champion, not tag team champion. Any championship in Dynamo Pro Wrestling. It's, it's, a, it's an outrageous number of days as champion. You combine that with the fact that he's 0-1 against Camaro Jackson. Losing to someone the ability level of Camaro Jackson, simply put, that's motivation. On one hand, I see Adrian Surge walking out of the fight before Christmas as a champion. Same Same token. Camaro Jackson has the momentum. And whether Serge wants to agree with me or not, I have to say the man with the most momentum over the course of the last six months in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, hands down, is Camaro Jackson. If Camaro Jackson does what he did at Slams and Jams almost two years ago, and he brings the fight to Adrian Serge, there will be a new Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion. I don't see how, if Camaro Jackson can wrestle like he did in their previous meeting, I don't see anybody right now in Dynamo Pro that can stop it. Okay, but to, um, me, but to me, I think the winner here is going to be the fans because I they're going to see the top yeah, two, yeah. the top two wrestlers in Dynamo Pro competing for the most prestigious championship in professional wrestling. That being the Dynamo Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. I'm going to tell you right now, if there is any more of a pick'em kind of matchup, this is the one, and you got to get your tickets because this matchup. One way or another, you hear it all the time, history will take place this Saturday night. Okay. Either the so, first 1,000-day so, champion or a brand-new Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion. Either way you look at it, a monumental night. Plus, you've got the snitch versus can, Outcast. I was, I was just going to bring that I was just going to bring that up. Haas, can you bring up that uh, – Sonny posted something about Joe and the snitch, and um, I think I think we need to – it's up – it's up there a little bit. Uh, yeah, I got. I got to go up and find it. Okay. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. The it's something about Snitch being. Uh, yeah. Joe Lance is the night. The Night Owl is the biggest fan of the Snitch. No, no, no I don't say the Night Owl is the, the biggest. Oh fan no, of I'm sorry, not the Night Owl. Night, Nightmare, Nightmare Joe. Nightmare Joe. Sorry, Jones. Renee. Oh my God, I'm gonna get an email tomorrow about that. You know so, what? Uh, I hope you do. Tomorrow, you're gonna admit it probably. It's in the been next nice working hours. with you. It's been nice working with you, Chris. I think you just got fired. <laughs> but it's your endeavor. I look at it this way, Chris. I think, I I think right now, this is another matchup that's going to shape the future of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Outcast has been around for 20 plus years. 
We have seen him go through everything. We've gone seen him go through House of Fun matches. You were there at the ready room when we saw Outcast. We thought had broken every bone in his body with that, that dive to the floor, and no oh, one was there. Oh, I remember the thud. Um, yeah. Well, we've also we've also seen him. Wasn't he in? Um, God, what was that match called? It was against uh, uh, Jack Adonis at the at, uh, oh the uh, uh, Alaska Death, Death match. match. Yes, yeah. Um, Outcast has been there. This isn't his first opportunity. He's been in countless matches. I'm going to tell you right now, the way it is, as it says, I got to tell you, I think right now, my honest prediction. We will no longer hear of any conspiracy theory, any problem with Dynamo Pro management. And I'm actually going to see, as you can see right here, I'm wearing my Dynamo Pro shirt. So I'm going to say this. My honest opinion, Saturday night, Outcast finally gets rid of all the conspiracy theories. Thank God. And the snitch no longer has a chance for a Dynamo Pro title. Maestro, 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 what do you think? Do you think Cass loses? Cass has to retire, or do you think the Snitch loses his title shots? No, I think this is what's going to happen. I think the Snitch is going to lose. And Lucas said so many things to the Snitch about me. What? And- no, I'm the one that gets the emails and the memos and the letters I know. from the lawyers. He is the middleman, and I do feel bad for Luke because I love him like a brother. Um, the snitch has been sending so much to Luke about, about me. And I think if anything, him being distracted by the maestro is going to make it even worse for him come Saturday, because if there is any wrestler on the dynamo pro roster that you don't want to go into a match against without being totally focused on him, it's outcast because outcast will do Everything you don't expect him to do. And on I, top of what he does do. Is the snitch out of his element in this match, boys? I yeah. Mean... Oh, absolutely. The snitch, this is the thing. The snitch is only way to win is obviously just catching that one moment off guard, which is possible. But toe-to-toe, you know, one side of the ring, the other side of the ring, it, it comes down to it. Outcast has him. And then, of course, the snitch is going to email Luke, and then there's going to be an issue between the snitch and the maestro. Uh, Haas, what do you th- uh, what do you think? Is it Cass' career or is it Snitch's title shots that are going to be going on Saturday? Um, you know, I, I think it'll be the title shots that are gone. You know, and I, I don't just say that because uh, Joe likes him. Yeah, you because know, I, I do like to. Uh, I do like to razz Joe a little bit, but honestly, I, I believe that the snitch will lose his title shots on on Saturday. Oh, uh, um, before before I go on, um, Sonny Mayo just posted that if the snitch loses, Joe Lance is going to cry in the shower. Um, I, I'm picturing all of a sudden, I'm picturing a TikTok video, those TikTok videos that are going around with Taylor Swift is like, please don't be in love with someone as it as he's, as the showers go in. So I think that's going to be I I think I think you might be right there, Sonny. I mean, it's going to. I got to tell you right now, we need to make sure that we have this documented. Chris <laughs> Rodell singing on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Hey, I have to make, I have to make my, I have to make my mark before I get fired. God, for I Colin, thought, for I Colin, and I for thought Roseanne was a bad singer. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, gentlemen, oh. we've oh. talked about winners and losers. 
But you know something? We're getting close to that time. And because Serge had to leave a little bit early, and again, we can't fault the champion for this because he does have a, a monstrous matchup this Saturday. You know what, gentlemen? I think tonight we have, and it's been a while, I think it's time to have a Wrestle Talk podcast challenge. Yeah. Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge. But here's the deal. I think tonight it should be the maestro versus Big Sexy. I'm yeah. in. I'll do it. I, I, I was ready. I, I would take it. I would take it on Adrian Surge. He he would he would have he would have suffered two losses this week. He would have he would have went down. Wow, tonight. Chris. Uh, I don't know if I would have said that. <laughs> I mean, again, I don't really know if I would go. <laughs> Sonny, Sonny's crazy. He's he's not okay. So. <clears throat> now, now that this very well could be Chris's last opportunity to be on the road. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Let's hit the music, Hoss, so we can get this going. Tonight's episode of the Russell Talk Podcast, world famous Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. episode of the game show challenge mark that one down the maestro dancing to the game show challenge theme <laughs> this is just one of those great shows that we're just getting all sorts of great stuff here but gentlemen tonight's wrestle talk podcast game show challenge is a topic that i think both of you are very aware of but you don't know how aware of it you are Meals tonight's, that installment, Renee eats. <laughs> tonight's installment of the world famous wrestle talk podcast game show challenge is wrestler announcers i'm going to give you information on three professional wrestlers who have turned to the uh to give their knowledge from behind the microphone when you think you know the answer go ahead no i'm not an answer to the question whenever you think you know the answer go ahead and shout out your answer again best two out of three falls okay are you ready what are you ready yeah. to go? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Sure? I'm, 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 I'm ready. We've done this before. This is. This is. We. We don't. We don't need. Let's go. Let's, All right. Uh, this isn't. This isn't. This isn't a pre-show. Luke. Just, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a. Before we do, I just want to say there is a bright side to all this, uh, Chris. One way or another, a host is going to win the game show challenge. That is. True. <laughs> that is true. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't happen very often. So. Yeah. All right. Things that okay. are strong, things that are stronger than the maestro's internet connection. Ah! Okay, ah. here we go. Oh. Question number one: This late WWE Hall of Famer competed in the main event of WrestleMania one. He also competed in WrestleManias against Bret the Hitman Hart, Goldust, and Chris Jericho. Roddy, Roddy Piper. Piper. Hoss, I got to go to you. That was too close to call. I believe that I heard Big Sexy first. What? You got it from the judge. Well, Chris the judge has been talking shit ball. about me for two hours. <laughs> hey, I just put your up. I didn't say Again, don't blame me. You got to go. I'm not going to blame guys. you, Luke, because you actually like me, unlike uh, my contemporaries over there. I, I like you, Meister. I like you. <laughs> All right, okay, now so that we've got me. all this taken care of and out of the way, are you gentlemen ready for the second fall? 
Absolutely. I don't know. Am I? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This professional wrestler was an in-ring competitor for the WWE and the original ECW. He has commentated for the WWE. TNA. I got to tell you, this one was clear. The maestro, second fall is yours. Taz is correct. It's now one fall apiece. We're going to find out, will the maestro be the host with the most and win tonight? Or is Chris Big Sexy Rodell going to be the toast of the coast with the victory <laughs> here in the final fall? I got them both to rhyme. I should feel pretty, pretty Okay, right you now. should get a point just for that. That was great. All right. You, you give me such a headache, Luke. <laughs> I, I love All right. I love Here is the third and final question. This WWE Hall of Famer has held a variety of championships. Jerry Lawler. No. Okay, go ahead. Including the hardcore European US Intercontinental. William Regal. No. Okay, goddamn. Tag team and heavyweight championship. What? He has also been a commentator for the WWE and a financial analyst on Fox. JBL. Hoss, I think that one's almost too close to call. What it was close. I believe I did hear the maestro squeak first. Oh. Ah. <laughs> All right, oh, Hoss, I love gentlemen. you. I love you. Oh, now you love me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes, now two I love you. One. Ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's go <laughs> ahead and get the Maestro's Victory music here, Hoss. Gentlemen, I can tell you right now that, that was a, question, a very. Um, I, I know you, you had to go. You had to go deep into that. Deep, that deep into last the question was that might have been one of the toughest questions we had. Right, right, right. That right. was oh an outstanding WrestleTalk podcast game show challenge. Look, and I, gotta I, tell you, I, I gotta say something. I, I love the way you put together these WrestleTalk podcast uh, yes, game show absolutely. challenges every week. You do you you do uh, Yellen's work. You're you're you work hard on it. Um, before we go, I want to get Luke's opinion on a couple of the things we talked about during the high spot segment. I know, I know, we probably need to get out. So, but uh, but oh no, uh, let's go. Let's go ahead and talk business. I want. I want to. I want to talk. Let, let's yep, talk. Tell me we, twice. We talked. We talked about. <laughs> we talked. We talked about two two topics, and I know that you probably have opinions on both. First of all, we talked about. The question I posed to Maestro and Haas and uh, to Money Mayo was: Is was Ring of Honor's final battle their final battle? I got to tell you right now, uh, and thank you, Sonny Money, for that. Um, I got to tell you right now, I don't think so. I do. We see Ring of Honor the way it is now when they return. No, I don't think we do. I think we honestly are going to see a Ring of Honor that's going to have a different look. I think it's going to have a different feel to it. But, I mean, again, when you look at this, there are so many things that have been brought forward. You have, uh, I believe it's Titan joining the narrative with EC3 and others. You had a match that wrestling fans all across the world have been asking for, the Briscoes versus FTR. 
Uh, you had Deanna Perrazzo challenging Roxy, a brand new television <laughs> champion, and Rhett Titus, the brand new classic, I guess we would put it, ROH world champion, Jonathan Gresham. I got to tell you guys, with everything that happened at Final Battle, and if you haven't had a chance to watch it, make it a point to go on to whether you're going to Honor Club or you're going on to your pay-per-view, and I know that's kind of a, an old reference, but if you're going on there and you're watching it, that would be an event that you definitely want to see because there were so many things that were presented by Ring of Honor. And I think back to last week's episode of Ring of Honor Television, and the Briscoe said the end of an era is going to be very fitting to show what Ring of Honor is all about. And I got to say, if this is going to be what we're going to have for the next couple months, the fans are going to be asking a lot of questions. And I'm going to be honest, I, I'm going to be looking forward to hopefully them returning. Agree. And the other time. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeremy. I was just going to say, no matter what happens, you know, I like I said in the beginning of the show, I think they'll come back. It just, you know, to reiterate Luke's point, won't be the same as it's been the way we all know it. But I will say, no matter what happens, Ring of Honor will always hold a place near and dear in my heart just because of how I grew up watching it. So. Well, Jeremy, I'm going to throw something out here, too, and you talked about this earlier on, is the idea of if you have Ring of Honor, I can remember back to the era of honor that's been talked about uh, the the first event and and seeing matches with the Briscoe Brothers when they were in singles competition, seeing wrestlers like the American Dragon Brian Danielson, seeing wrestlers like Loki, like the Amazing Red, and countless others. If we're going to go back to the older style of ROH, I'm really looking forward to it because it was really, really kind of a high-paced, in-your-face kind of professional wrestling. And I think it's going to be something that the fans are really going to want to see. Now, Big Sexy, I know you got another one here. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about Kyle. I, I, I don't really know if I want to talk about Kyle O'Reilly or Johnny Gargano. I kind of want to bring up a new topic that I wanted to bring up during High Spots. Uh, I don't well, know go if for you- it. I don't know if you saw the whole incident this past weekend with uh, Hannibal. Um, he was wrestling under a hooded gimmick. And oh, some, I don't, the, the he, It's hard to explain. You have to go see the video. He basically – watch. He, it's, hard, it's a hard-to-watch video. He literally assaulted a referee, um, and the referee had to be taken to the hospital, and, you know, he's got staples in his head. He had to get out of his head shaved, and uh, he's doing okay. But Luke, being a longtime referee, uh, apparently, he, apparently there's a whole thing about it. He was wrestling Carlito, uh, and apparently he wasn't in any condition to wrestle. Um, and so the referee that was in charge of the match said, Carlito, take it home as soon as you can. He's in no shape. To, he's in no shape. Uh, and apparently there was supposed to be a spot at the end where he got another referee to come out and he was supposed to, he was supposed to, um, bust him open. I guess the ref had trouble with it or I don't know what, ha- or it just didn't work the first time. So he decided he was just going to dig whatever he had into his, uh, skull like basically. Yeah, kind of almost like a mass transit thing. What did you? Uh, I mean, I'm, I I don't know if you saw the video or not. As a referee, what did you? How did you feel uh, as a former referee? I should say. And I guess you're still kind of in the ref circle. But what did you? Feel, how did you feel about that situation? Or what were well, your gotta, thoughts on the situation? I got to tell you, Chris, I've been in the ring with some of the greatest wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling. You were there. One of the last times I got inside the squared circle. And a certain individual 
uh, named Big Vic left me pretty much unconscious in the middle of the ring. I've always been of a mindset that you do not put your hands on an official. The official, just like in any other professional sport, is the one that controls what's going on. They're the one that holds the rules in the highest of esteem. To me, I look at it from a perspective of where wrestlers need to be in the best physical, mental, and emotional shape that they can be to get inside the ring because it's a tough sport. A lot of people say, oh, it's sports entertainment. No, it is a sport to me because I know what it takes to be inside that ring, to travel those roads. And Chris, you've had the opportunity to travel all across uh, several states with me. And you know it's not easy to make these four and five and six hour drives to get to a town, to make sure you get the time in the gym, to make sure you eat right, to make sure that you're at your very best. I got to tell you right now, to me, when you look at something like that, there's no there's no rhyme or reason for that. What's it you, would you consider it like an, almost like an assault? Like, like literally, like, like he should have probably. He, if he went to the hospital, make, yes, I would. It, it, it didn't make it any better that Kevin Sullivan was apparently telling the uh, other referees that to uh, to to work the work the uh, cops and to say it was part of the, it was just part of the show because apparently the fans were call, the fans were calling nine one one they they were they were af- they were afraid for his they basically were afraid for his life he could have bled out you know and I got to tell you Chris I mean when it, when you sit there and look at it. When you are an official, you're the one that that basically is in charge. And the second you put your hands on an official, that's when it steps above and beyond. Now, I'll admit, I've had some moments where things have happened. I mean, I've been run into by wrestlers. I've been in situations where I've wound up being uh, removed from the situation. But the fact remains, when you start physically harming a person to the point where they're in a hospital, I haven't seen the video, but I've seen the pictures. I've seen some links to the GoFundMe that's out there and seeing the number of stitches or number of staples and, and, and all the other things that this referee had to endure. No, there is no place for that in the world of professional wrestling to me. And I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes down to it, no, you do not put your hands on an official. End of discussion from this chair. I, I agree. Uh, I mean, Hoss, did you see? Did, have you seen the video of it? Uh, I have seen the video, um, and where I do agree that there is no reason to put hands on the official. I'm actually looking. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, Apparently he's lost. He has, and the good thing is he's lost bookings because of it. apparently he's lost his week. This weekend's bookings. I don't. I mean, I know people in the wrestling business forget things really quickly, but I mean, I don't think the guy should be ever back in the ring again. And he was known for his 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 rants on YouTube apparently about how Abdullah allegedly gave him hepatitis C and that's what killed his WWE tryout. I mean, I don't know if I technically believe that, but I mean. I don't I know. I can't find it now, but uh, Devin Nicholson actually came out with a statement of his own, and I don't know if you've seen that or not. Um, 
where he says that he has talked to the referee and uh, that everything is good between the two of them and actually said that the referee was actually supposed to bleed and that they gave him that pick to use and it was something that he had never used before and was unfamiliar with. And there's actually a uh, very well-known spot um, and I want to say it was Jake Roberts, but I don't remember for sure. I, I read it in the article, like I said, I can't find it, where he had used that same pick in the spot um, to make someone bleed. And he said the ref never told him that he was actually cutting him. The ref was actually supposed to cut himself. Uh, but he never told him that he was actually cutting him and how bad it was and that he would have stopped. Now, I don't know uh, if that's true. You know, there you could say you could say anything you want to after, exactly. the, after the fact. Um, but I, I just I don't I don't agree. Uh, quickly, Jeremy, do you have a opinion on it? What do you think? Did you have you seen the video? Um, I've seen partial. I've seen pictures, obviously, but I haven't seen. The, I didn't see the full video. I couldn't. I didn't want to, honestly, um, because I've seen the mass transit incident, for example. Uh, and I've seen that full video countless times, and that you know, it's just, and you know, it, it's just parallels. Like they're both almost one and the same in the incident. And you know, Luke brought it up perfectly. An official, you you don't. First off, you don't freaking bloody him up. You don't beat the shit out of him for one, but you don't even lay your hands on him. You know. Uh, and it's just a horrible incident. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm glad he doesn't have bookings because, you know, he's a dirtbag. He don't deserve to get bookings after what he did. He literally sent a guy to the hospital. They had to shave the guy's head, put staples in his head. Yeah, no. So I I feel bad for the official for everything, and I hope he makes a full and quick recovery. But as far as uh, Hannibal um, not getting bookings, no skin off my bones. That's That's what he gets. All right, gentlemen. I mean, okay. I think that's going to be a good place to leave it here on episode 374 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Well, Let's throw up those sponsors one more time so we can uh, give them a shout out. Uh, Hoss, you want to take care of the sponsors? And uh, Well, you know something, know? Chris? I'm, I'm going to stop right there. I know, again, we're real close to Christmas, and I'm going to have an opportunity here. I want to go ahead and send out a, a couple special shout outs here. Number one, make it a point. Uh, if you have an opportunity, eatsleepwrestle.com. I know for a fact our good friend John Cosper has got a lot of great books over there for the holiday season. I know all of us have had an opportunity to read things from John Cosper. We also have an opportunity. Uh, he's going to have a couple new books coming out, and he's going to hopefully be able to come on to the Russell Talk podcast early in 2022. Also, as a reminder, uh, and, and Hoss, we're going to be talking about these here in just a minute as they go through. Make sure to take care of our sponsors. Hoss, it's time. Let's talk about those great sponsors that support the Russell Talk podcast. Of course, we have uh, Everything Combat, Kincaid Arcade, Esports Bar Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Rathbun Engraving, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter Dreams Productions, the uh, Mi Fiesta Rentals. We have the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. 
And once again, we want to shout out to Kincaid Arcade for getting the uh, contract to build the arcade inside the Hy-Vee Arena in the Kansas City area. So our that's, that's our, a, that's our a great thing, man. Our, our sponsors are doing big. Uh, you can catch me and Luke uh, this Saturday night at the uh, Concordia Turner there, man. The, the Concordia Turner's Hall in uh, South St. Louis. Get your tickets, Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Um, and not only do you have a lot of great Dynamo Pro Wrestling action, but Santa Claus is going to be in the house this Saturday. That's and, another big Wait, Renee's going to be there? Santa oh, Claus, oh. the man that we all know from the North Pole, is going to be stopping by Dynamo Pro Wrestling's The oh, Fight boy. Before Christmas this Saturday. And, and guys, I can tell you right now, this weekend's going to be great. Tonight's show is great. And also check out also check out our friends at Journey Pro Wrestling at journeyprokc.com. They got a big show Friday night. I think Luke will probably love this the, love this title. Die Hard the, their title of the show is Die Hard 2 is also a Christmas movie. That's the name of their show. Um it's at Blip Roasters in the Kansas City area. Check them out Journey Pro journeyprokc.com. You like that, don't you Luke? That, yeah. that that is quite the title. You know what guys? One last thing before we get ready to sign off for the evening. Next week I know, I know that Renee the Night Owl has talked about it. Next week, episode 375. We're getting close to 400. We're getting close to 400. We're going to all need to get a, we're all going to need to get like a, like tuxedos and have a big celebration on episode 400, aren't we? Chris, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not in the production budget. Oh, damn it. Neither's paying so, us. No. <laughs> I can tell you right now, everybody. I mean, again, make it a point. Uh, we're getting here. We're now just a few short days from the Christmas holidays. Make sure you have a point to, to, to spend some time with your family. Enjoy the holiday season. I mean, again, before you know it, we're going to be staring at the year 2022. A lot of things have been taking place this year. And again, we're going to make sure that we keep bringing the best in professional wrestling each and every week right here on the Jer- WrestleTalk podcast. Jer- Jeremy, we uh, gotta throw it to Jeremy because yeah, he's got Jer- some stuff to talk about. Yeah, too we got. We got Jeremy's always got a great. Uh, he always got great things to say as we end the show. Jeremy, I'm gonna let you go ahead and end the show today. So go ahead. All right, thank you so much, Chris. This has been an absolute one of my favorites. I've messaged you guys constantly about this. It's been a great pleasure. The holiday season is among us, and I said this in the shoot and shout, but like I said, it was not supposed to be an angry, pissed off type of message. It's supposed to be. One more of like heartwarming and togetherness, you know. It may sound corny, and hell, it probably is, but it is the holidays, you know. And family should always come first in our lives, you know. Like I had mentioned to Chris earlier in the show, one day I see my grandma, the next day she's gone, you know. And I'm thankful for the time I have had, I had had with her, um, and you know, so many other people. And we still deal with COVID out there in the world, um. So, you know, take proper measures. But I personally, from the bottom of my heart, want to wish everybody, uh, you know, I hope everybody had had a happy Hanukkah. Um, hope everybody has happy Kwanzaa. Merry Christmas. Um, and most importantly, you know, be safe through these holidays. And most importantly, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Good night, everybody. All right. Thanks for coming out. Thanks, everybody. See you next week, everybody. See you next week. Yep.